What's up, everyone? Welcome back once again to the Super Scope Podcast, your wrap-up in this week's biggest gaming stories, leaks, and rumors. We're back with episode 28 on Sunday, April 24th, uh, 2022. I am your host, Retro Game Dude, and of course, joining me as always is my co-host, Dice Gay Aurora of Phoenix Aurora Gaming. Now, uh, f- everyone watching at home live, feel free to join in the discussion live on Twitch or Discord, or if you're watching this on YouTube, tap that like and subscribe button. It helps us out and goes a long way. Um, and if you like what we're doing, uh, if you, uh, let us know in the comments if we missed anything. And for some reason, Dice Gay is missing on the stream. There he is. All right. Hey, I'm here too. <laughs> there he is. It's the me. <laughs> um. Uh, you can also find our audio version on Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, which usually goes live Mondays. Um, so we're back for another week. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I have... Um, what's a good way to put this? been putting a lot of time into Vampire Survivors. <laughs> <laughs> True. Facts, facts, but, uh, facts. We'll, we'll get to that, I guess. Yeah, Definitely. <laughs> Um, stay to the stream, of course, every week. Uh, we have a great Jackbox podcast. Uh, we get together, add some new followers, and have a good adult time um, full of ridiculousness. So anyone watching at home likes the Jackbox stuff, I in- implore you to join us on a Saturday night around 9 o'clock. Um, we always have a good time, and I have all the Jackboxes, so we can play whatever you guys want to play. I'm open for it. And sometimes we'll throw some garbage phone in there too. If you're into drawing games as well. Um, schedule wise, let's get into that. Um, this week I will be playing Lego star Wars. I've been meaning to play it for like two weeks now, but as always schedules and lack of ambition. Um, so Tuesday, Wednesday, be here for that. Uh, Jackbox, of course, on Saturdays. The Superscope podcast, which you're watching right now, is on Sunday night. And um, we're going to do a Discord movie night at some point. Um, I'm thinking maybe a Friday, maybe this Friday. Because uh, someone over here hasn't seen The Goonies yet. Goonies <laughs> again. Yeah, so, I haven't seen The Goonies. Uh, yeah, I think that's like mandatory watching. So um, <laughs> if you're in the Discord... Feel free to uh, join along here. If I can put that link up. There it is. Join all in. So what are you playing this week? Um, I think we're both going to talk about this one. Um, so, I, 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 okay, I'll be technical here because I'm going over the last two weeks because we didn't do last Sunday. That's fair. Um, because this past week I didn't play Tunic at all, but I finished it the week prior. Yes. Um, not 100% because it's hard, it's hard to tell what 100% is in that game because it doesn't do, like, it doesn't tell you how many of each item you can get for, like, mm-hmm. the stat-boosting items or whatnot. So, for all I know, I could be missing half a dozen of them, and I won't know unless I go looking for mm-hmm. them. But, as far as I can tell, I got both endings that you can get, which requires you to pretty much do all the side content you can come across. Interesting. Uh, a lot of puzzles to solve, which were really interesting, really cool. I liked a lot of how they did the design for all... Um. Yeah, if you haven't done it already, definitely go finish that game. <laughs> yeah, I need to go, go back and play. Too. I really enjoyed what I played of it so far. Um, even definitely... even if you don't like, if you get stuck on the difficulty of like, because like I think things that with the Jace, like the last, not the last fight, but the second to last fight was tough too. So we were just like turn on the like I can't die and just clear the fight because after you clear the game, mm-hmm. there's a lot of more puzzles to look for, which is okay. really cool. Interesting. Like you know that manual they give you pages for. Mm-hmm. Once you get to like the end of the game, basically, it starts to be like, hey, there's more secrets. And then going and solving those secrets gets you more panels of the manual, which then also have more secrets. 
and you end up doing a whole lot of like the side questing that way. And there's a whole second ending tied to completing like basically all the side quests, Very which nice. is really cool. Overall, really solid. I'd give it like a nine. I think there's a couple things that are iffy about it, but mm-hmm. most. Of, I mean, we talked before about like how how I like the trick of like visually obscuring an entrance to a cave or like a back shortcut but they do it every five seconds in that game so it's like it's like dude to this day i will still watch a youtube video of a person playing tunic and they're like yeah blah 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 and then they like walk behind a tree and i'm like you can do that and then i go and i do it and it's there and i'm like wow how are you supposed to find all these little things like yeah and that's why that's why i say for all i know i'm missing six upgrade items because who knows where they are they could be in the weirdest places but um but I will say that other than that and like a little bit of like UI stuff like like telling me you have five out of six magic increases or you have three out of four that that kind of little quality of life stuff, other than that, fantastic. Awesome. Definitely Glad recommend it. Yeah, I definitely I, I gotta sit down and throw some more time at it. Um hopefully uh that that'll be happening soon. But it's it's really contingent yeah. on my work schedule. Um, sure. And once I get my schedule to like a ten to six, which is kind of where I—that's like my happy place. Um, yep. I would actually have some more spare time. At this point, I just don't. So it's yeah. like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I come home at eight o'clock. I go to I go live at nine. So I have like an hour to eat dinner and then go live. Um, right. And then Saturdays, I have I, it's a ten-hour shift, and then I have like a two-hour gap where I can kind of like relax, decompress before I do. Um, Jackbox, which is typically a longer stream, so that's a long day. Um, and I, I, I usually sleep a lot on Sundays when, and then get up and write, write this podcast. And it's, it's like my spare time is just you know very minimal. So that's sure that's why my backlog continues to increase. But we're working on yeah. it. Hopefully, we'll get through it some at some point. But uh, as yeah. soon as that schedule opens uh... up a little bit better, I'll definitely be doing a lot more, especially with this channel. Definitely. And then I guess my other two things for the week, for last week mostly, but also a little bit of the week prior, would have been uh, Final Fantasy XIV, the new patch, 6.1, new Final Adventures, lots of stuff to do. Mostly the 24-man mm-hmm. raid I've been doing. Uh, really good raid. Fun fights. Really cool. You've been there, obviously. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. Watching dudes punch meteors is like a new thing, which is really interesting to watch people get melted by it until right. they figure it out. <laughs> I, like, I definitely like those new mechanics. Um, yeah. Took me a second to pick up on that. Yeah, the punching through things and then, oh, stand here, stand there. But yep. yeah, it's... it's um... Fireball lady <laughs> with her, like, <laughs> yeah. she blows the wind through the fire and you have to be on the wind side. Yeah, right. absolutely. <clears throat> Wild stuff. Um, And then, yeah, um, Vampire Survivors. Played a bunch of it. Oh, yeah. Um, it's It's... You know, for those of you watching or listening, it's three dollars on Steam. It's a oh, negligible price that you won't even it. miss. Right. And uh, you can you can get an ungodly amount of playtime out of that game. A hundred percent. There's so much. I've been playing it and so much to all the time. Forward to. Uh, there's so many more game modes you unlock. It's just. Oh yeah. It's incredible. I think. Yeah, I've got what six, seven stages open now, plus a dozen characters, all kinds of weapons and items, power ups three different modes at least and then i know that there's ones i still don't have because they're in the unlock list mm-hmm. so like yeah there's you can play this game for probably a good month every night non-stop and you'd still be finding new things to do with it 100 percent. it's a good gameplay loop it's fun to play absolutely yeah. i've stayed way too late this week playing that game um yep. and i definitely paid for it this week but holy shit is it it's so addicting oh absolutely yeah i am i implore anyone who has steam it's three dollars. 
go buy it before it gets out of beta and then it goes up to like a $30 game. I can guarantee you they could they could sell that game on the Switch physical for like 40 bucks. And I yeah. can guarantee they would get away with it. Um especially oh, yeah. like well, the, even... um, uh, the collectors out there with it. Well, I say it feels like it definitely sits in like the $30 price range easily cuz I've played other games for like 30 bucks that are not as long or not as engaging. Sure. I should say engaging so, the word. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. I had a lot of fun with uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, I still mm-hmm. need to work on my last two crafters, but I did get that that pickaxe finally. The um, oh yeah, I don't know what the what what tier you would call that. It's like the the golden pickaxe. I don't know. Yeah, um, I would I would say like yeah, the one that like shines. It has the lighting effect on it. Yeah, no other pickaxe has that lighting effect. Which, by the way, if you put that in your portrait, it will do that in your portrait frame. Oh. So nice. If your portrait is your dude with the pickaxe out or something, the pickaxe uh-huh. will do that. It's not the portrait's not a static picture. It's like a running snapshot of your character. So like, right, um, things that like shine and sparkle do it in the thing. Very cool. Well, I'm definitely uh, looking to doing that. That that um <laughs> that new adventure picture mechanic, adventure plate mechanic <laughs> is definitely whoo. There, there's uh, uh some adventure plates out there for sure. Yeah, someone um, posted a picture of Square or Final Fantasy fourteen on Twitter saying, post your adventure plates, and everyone was like, oh my god, what are you doing? <laughs> Did you see the, like, Yoshi coming back with the pizza, and the pizza says 6.1 adventure plates, and the place is, like, on fire with, like, different people's pictures? <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. Oh my god. I sent you, I sent you in Dark the Fisher guy, right? Mm. Like, the guy holding the fishing rod and, like, yes. making the face? Oh, man. Wow. I can't, I can't believe... believe... <laughs> I cannot believe it. <laughs> they get away with some stuff that's for sure 100 percent. i don't know how do you police it you have to sit there and go through like every profile and it's like there's no the only way to button. do it the only way i think to do it would be mechanically because like you could make it so the camera can't get so close or whatever because that's a, a lot of the ones that take advantage of it are like getting the player character close way to close. the camera right you know what i mean like cut like so their face is cut off or so parts of the yeah. body are cut off yeah the implied um yeah stuff so I think like if you could make it so the camera couldn't get that close, so you, the whole character was like always in frame, you would eliminate some of that anyway. Mm-hmm. And then, I guess if they were really worried about it, they could disable a couple of poses that seem like um, what's a good word for it, like promiscuous poses, or like you know what I mean, like the kind of poses were like that, like like what's a good one? I can't even think of a good one. But you get what I'm saying. It, like, if they really wanted to, they focus. could disable a thing or two. Yeah, yeah, like the implied stuff. They could disable one or two if they really felt it was a problem or something. Sure. Yeah, that's... Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say at this point, but yeah, it's definitely definitely sketch. Um, I don't think I'm playing anything else this week. I swear I was... Maybe I was playing something last week and I just don't remember it. <clears throat> so did Destiny take a, at all? Uh, no. Not really. Um, kind of petered off for now, yeah. I guess I just I ha- I almost have to because if I do play nothing but Destiny, then I will only play anything but Destiny, or any I'll play Destiny and only that. So it's like I have to. I don't know. It's just the yeah. game just doesn't have like the appeal it used to to me anymore. Um, That's fair. And it's kind of been like a thing that's been tapering off for a while. Like I'll go back and play the hard content and and all the big stuff when it comes out and stuff. But like the lasting power it has with me anymore is just not there. Um, yeah. It's just like one of those things. It's like I feel like I've done everything I can in the game. Um, well, I've heard... Besides new content, but it's like I've you know I've done all the hard raids. Like there's nothing else related for me to do. 
Yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying too that the the new crafting system was like a good idea on paper, but it's extremely tedious in practice and it's right. not engaging in a good way. And it's yeah. like, I know I tried it for a little bit and I was messing around with the crafting system too, but like I started putting that gun and it was like, yeah, I got a gun to like level two and then level three. And then it was like, so if you take this gun to level 10, you can then go back and do, and I'm like, wait, I'm not using this like weirdly janked red gun all the way to level 10 of it, which it could take me like a month. Right. But like, like oh, like a full month or something. I think even Tassie was saying, even in Witch Queen in the season, doing all the content you can and doing everything possible, you will still spend a month making one crafted gun exactly the way you want it. No thanks. Which is like, at that point, you might as well just be grinding strikes for strike specific guns that are yeah, god rolls. Because a, yeah, exactly. that's how you're playing the game, like with enjoyable content or whatever. Right. With weapons that you want to use. You know, and it's funny because people's biggest complaint about things like champions and the seasonal artifact was being locked into what types of guns you have to use to do the content. And their response was to make a crafting system where you're locked to one specific gun for content. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, this is the worst. And, and, I, and it, I feel so bad because, like, the last couple expansions, Destiny keeps doing, like, the, we hear you that you want better selection of loot, so we're going to fix it. And then they were like, humble engrams. But then humble engrams were, like, a pain to get working. And then you still had, like, a 50-50 of it being not what you wanted. Right. And then even then, there were still random rolls and some stuff, too. So it was like, okay, cool, great. And then people were like, okay whatever that was a flop and then like with this one they were like we know you didn't like that system because it wasn't perfect so now we've got a perfect system you can handcraft your stuff and you're like awesome that's what i wanted and they're like and it takes you a month like a full month and you're like okay yeah it doesn't like, feel good at all it never it feels like they just keep missing the mark no matter how they try and do it well then you have know. to like spend like spend time doing certain game modes to even unlock the patterns for the weapons um mm -hmm. And, and that's on a schedule, so like it could be a certain gun that you want, and oh it's yeah, like, it's like certain ones. Or it's on a Tuesday, once a month. and you yeah. don't if you can't get to your PlayStation or whatever system on on a Tuesday, then you got to wait another three fucking days. Was oh, it really by day? Yes, yeah. The, um, that's the stupidest thing. What if you can't? What if you always work doubles on Monday? Like you just can't get a Monday gun? Exactly. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. Well, it rotates to a degree where it always shuffles, but. Oh, okay. I was like, that's such a weird, like, two steps, like, like one step forward, two steps back system. Like. Right. Um, but yeah, that oh, new boy. that new activity, not the PSYOPs, the other one, Wayfair. The fountain or something? Whatever the hell it's called. Um, yeah. That, Wayfair? That's, I, <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> you so buy cabinets. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that, that one rotates every other day. Uh, or no, it's like every, it's only like a couple day cycle. And then okay. the activity flip flops every other day too, so it's it's just very strange. Um, yeah. And then yeah, I was hearing like people, a lot of people were just, and it's not like it seems like it's hard to get right because like, you know, I I don't play very often lately because I've been playing other things, but like for before the last few weeks, I was playing Outriders again, and I got to the end of the game. And Outriders is very smart about it. When you beat the game, and, well, even just when you beat any kind of side quest or mission, they give you, like, three options. You pick what you want. Mm -hmm. Which, that improves on Destiny's loot system in general in terms of, like, well, hey, dude, what do you need this week? And you're like, the only thing that's not, you know, 1350 or whatever is, like, my uh, helmet. And you're like, okay, so what do you do? I run stuff until the helmet drops. I go right. check raid rewards, and I see if I got a raid helmet. I check clan rewards for a helmet, and if I don't get a helmet, I can get 18 pairs of boots before I see my helmet, and it just sucks for me, I guess. Yeah, but without riders, it's like whatever piece you need. It's like well, they drop three different pieces for different categories, so the odds are you only have to run three or four things before you'll find what you're missing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the same thing with like the end game gear. Like when you do the missions at the end of that game, they dump like I want to say every time I do one of the end game missions right now, they dump like ten or eleven, maybe a dozen full different options on you. Hmm. And I don't think there's any single 
of like content in Destiny where you can get twelve object, like twelve rewards for completion. That are all like current too. They don't do like the pinnacles and stuff. They just like you get your stuff. Like right. you run content, you get stuff. Yeah, I, so. I will say like the only thing I the the tier like trading in weapons in that game and then like following that path to like upgrade your weapons is just a little confusing on my end. Um, yeah, especially when it's like fair. my first time really doing it while it's live. So oh, it's, sure. you know, by the time like Shadow I was by the time I was at the end game of Shadowbringers, like all the there was already other better stuff achievable, so I could skip all that all, all you know, all that shit. So I think it was like all the oh, Crip yeah. Crip yeah. Yeah. So sure. it's just like not understanding the path, but it is a, just a little a little crazy. Um it, yeah. a, a straight a more straightforward system would be nice, but well, it's like, yeah, it definitely could be, like, straightforward in that regard. But what I do like about 14 system is, like, you pick your rewards again. So it's, mm-hmm. like, within reason, you can, like... Yeah, you can you still know. pick a path. and like, okay, I need this gear. So mm-hmm. I can, you know, get that. And if it doesn't drop, you run it again, and you probably get it. So Yeah, you're you- never sitting there, like... Oh, you know, my helmet's my worst piece by far. And then we're just right. like, you're like, how do I get my helmet? And me and Dark look at you and we're like, I don't know. You just run stuff, I guess, and hope the helmet drops. It's like, no, we tell you, like, you I... go craft a helmet and give it to the Rain Lady, or you buy it with Tomes directly, or you run the raid. And after, like, a few runs, it'll drop. And right. especially on your tank, you'll be the only person rolling on the loot. So you just get your pick. Exactly. So. But yeah, um, I, I mean, with things like 14 and things like Outriders and these other games doing loot very accessibly and just being like, yeah, pick what you need. Like, I don't understand how we're still, and then Destiny even has like the spoil system, but then the spoil system is still like, you had to run the raid so many times to get the currency and then right. certain things aren't part of it anyway. And it's like, okay. I mean, there's I don't know how many people <laughs> are there still without, that don't have eyes of tomorrow that are like pretty regular raid runners. Oh yeah. Dude, and... there's still people who don't have thousand voices and that's mm-hmm. four years old or something now. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And they're like, well, and, and and we've seen systems that fix this. Like we've seen systems with like um like bad luck protection, where it's like every time you don't get it on a run, it increases by like three percent, and eventually you'll end up at a hundred percent. Where after thirty five or so runs, you're just locked in to get it. Right. Like, and you know, I mean, obviously, I don't know. If that's only carry over from Final Fantasy, then like, because like in Final Fantasy, you run ten of a ten of a extreme, you get whatever the gear is because they hand you. Uh, like a tome every time you do it, like a totem, and when you get all ten, you can just be like, "Well, I want that piece anyway." Um, and they started doing like the like, giving you the weapon drop and like a weapon coffer. So even if you don't win the weapon drop because it wasn't your drop, you can still roll on the coffer and have a chance. So like, two people are getting it every time, and it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just weird that like, there's so many systems and so many games that protect against this kind of thing. Yeah, and I think it's um. For them to not at this point address it, it's just because it's their way of keeping players engaged, keeping retention of players. Yeah, right. I agree. If that's the way you have to do it. Then that's kind of shitty. Yeah, and well, because look at like again, I hate to keep picking at the thing that does it so well, but Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy does so many things so well. Like Final Fantasy has the roulette system to keep players engaging with old content. So if you need people to do, um, not Leviathan raid because it's gone. Say you need you want people to do still engage with Last Wish. You know, in Destiny, it's like, well, it has thousand voices and it's impossible to get it. And if you get it, then you get it. If you don't get it, then you keep running it. That's right. what keeps people playing that raid, and that's it. But like in Final Fantasy, you have that roulette system where they give you rewards for doing these things. They give you good rewards for doing those things. So like, if I queue up for dungeons and someone needs to clear the vault from Heaven's Ward, 
-hmm. It'll put me with that person, and then it'll give me a bunch of extra rewards for going back and doing old content with them. Like, it would not be hard, in my opinion, to implement, like, a raid roulette system where, like, you could queue up for just raid roulette, and it could give you Last Wish, it could give you Garden, it could give you the current one, it could give you the Shadowkeep one, whatever. I mean, I guess Garden is Shadowkeep one. You get what I'm saying. You can have all the current raids in, like, just a roulette. You sign in, it puts other people with you, like, LFG style, and then you try to run that content with them, and if you clear that content while you rouletted, queued, you get whatever extra reward. Maybe it's Ascendant Shards, maybe it's a bunch of weapon crafting currency, since that seems hard to get for a lot of people. Like, sure. that actually kills two birds with one stone, because a lot of people say that getting the crafting currency is hard, or takes time. So, give people, like, a ton of crafting currency if they go the roulette route, and then people who queue into, like, individual raids like Last Wish, it'll be, like, finding people, and it'll pull from that roulette pool and fill that, and then there you go. It's not perfect, but I think it's way better than... 100% way better. Go on this third-party app and beg people to run with you and hope that they're nice to you and yada yada. (laughs) Convince people to come play the... And convince people to come play the old content because... You need it done, I guess. Like <laughs> for real. Well, let's move on here. Let's tell you a quick word from our sponsor, Handheld Legend. Uh, just want to thank them. But if you are an enthusiast like I am in modding your old systems, um, head over to handheldlegend.com/slash/retrogamedude. Use that link and save ten dollars off your first purchase. Um, they have stuff over there like custom shells. They have screens, um, backlit screen kits, um, the whole shebang, and how-tos and all that stuff. Uh, so if you want to save 10 bucks off your first purchase, give me a little taste of that. Um, it's handheldlegend.com slash RetroGameDude, or use the code RetroGameDude to check out. So let's move on here. Um, so new segment here. I figured um, we cut on a lot of long stories, but we miss a lot as well. So I figured mm-hmm. we could at least um, kind of breach on some of our more important things, but just not something that really, I would say, initiates a conversation, but still good information to have out there. Um, so basically, this is just kind of our quick headline segment. We're just going to burn through these real quick. So Gearbox mm-hmm. has announced a new Tales from the Borderlands that is due this year. Well, Lego Star Wars uh, The Skywalker Saga set record for the biggest global launch in franchise history. Very impressive. The Outriders new expansion World Slayer releases June 30th. And Paradox Interactive announced the Shadowrun trilogy heading to all consoles, including the Switch, on June 21st. Um, Baldur's Gate fans, Baldur's Gate 3 will uh, officially leave early access and be released in 2023. Ubisoft uh, rumored to be developing an Overwatch-like shooter called Project Q, um, which we were sounded like it was going to be littered with NFTs and they had to walk that one back. Um, Koei Tecmo is following the path of Capcom and Bandai Namco and raising uh, employees' base salaries. Good on them. And it was announced that Halo Infinite's long-awaited campaign co-op mode would finally launch in August. Um, so it sounds like the Halo Infinite just needed a whole other year of development and they were not Absolutely. given that. So, dude, there I there was there was articles. I'm pretty sure Schreier has an article where they talked to some of the devs or people from the team, and they said exactly that. They were like, "This game needed uh, an entire." I think they said the game needed two years from the original launch window, and it got like one. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we saw with Cyberpunk. The exact same thing, and it all. Comes oh yeah, the devs thought it was a joke, right? Dude, the devs thought it was April Fool's joke when they announced it for April. That year, they were like, no, this is an April Fool's joke. And then they were like, okay, we'll delay it. And they were like, oh my god, they were serious. And then they delayed it to like that fall. 
like holiday season basically yeah. and they still were like no it needs like two more years like what do you mean <laughs> but, but, but that's not how that went no it and, certainly uh, isn't oh boy like let me tell you like some of the stuff i saw in that game like like it's the kind of stuff that you would like if you gave me the game and said it needs to come out next week and asked me to band-aid stuff that's what it would be it would be literal, literal yeah. band-aids make it passable well that's what we talked about the last time we talked about cyberpunk was like there was just a lot of band-aids mm-hmm. on the systems just to, just to get something functional um oh, absolutely like even, just even like the cars to move like that was uh-huh. um the people unresing when you spin the camera again oh Andy. dude yeah if you yeah it was if you if you shoot and the people are fleeing from you and then they leave your camera view they disappear completely which means right. you could you could like crouch in the middle of a street full of people and then you could like bang in the 360 and everyone's gone you could despawn the whole block right because the game did like the they're off camera despawn them and it wouldn't put them back or anything. So yeah, you could unspawn an entire block in a half a second. You could unspawn cars by just parking your car on the road and then like looking at the cars and then turning away and looking back and you would watch two cars disappear and like new cars would come to replace them. Like, yeah, police would just spawn in buildings because they didn't have any other spawning system. They'd spawn behind you in a room with no other exits. They wouldn't come in the doors. They would just spawn in the corner. Like, it's very much like extremely like band-aid right. fixes and and I, I feel like when i say band-aid it doesn't sound that big but like these were huge systems that were entirely wrapped up with like duct tape like it's insane yes i think duct tape is probably a generous comparison sure um, <laughs> like holy shit yeah yeah it's it was all bad but yeah it's it's sad to see a game that i used to really enjoy um Again, haven't really touched it in a long time. Um, just kind of f- fall apart like that. But yeah, uh, I think what kills me. Oh, it's good. It was just pretty obvious that like three four three had they wanted to do a live service game, and I don't think the live service implementation was even an original idea. And then they were like, okay, well we're behind the eight ball. We need something to recoup recoup money on this, and then they just integrated it. And it was clear that they had no game plan after it dropped. And they're just like, okay, it's a live service game. And everyone's just like, okay, but now what? Like, what do you mean now what? It's a live service game. It's like, yeah, but you have to keep releasing content. Mm-hmm. And I think they would have like the same three events, like cycle over and over, or one event cycle over and over a couple times. Um, it was just all bad. It was just nothing about that was just um, good at all. And it was just very apparent that they just had zero game plan after the launch. Not even that. Even even at launch, there was some serious like issues, like objectively from a game design perspective. Mm-hmm. You had things like they had a season pass kind of thing, like a battle pass that you could like fill out and like gain rewards. Like most games had done that in that that year, last year. You had stuff like Pokemon Unite doing it with their battle pass structure. You had things like Destiny. You had things like Magic Arena. Most games that have like an ongoing service at this point have like a you earn experience on a bar and the bar fills and you get rewards for it. Halos was like. On paper, before it came out, it sounded like it was going to be the best of the best because it was like yeah. you can go back and pick old tracks that you haven't beaten yet and apply your experience to those tracks as you play. Mm-hmm. So if you're missing rewards from previous seasons, you can do that. And that was that was like it was like as long as everything works normally, that is going to put it a cut above the rest because the only other one that does that right now that we know of is Final Fantasy XIV said their Crystal Conflict will be doing something similar, but that hasn't even it. gotten past one season yet. So of course, you know whatever. Sure. Um, and then, but then it came out, and they were like, "Yeah, so you do your daily missions, get experience." And then you were like, "What do I do after I've done my play two games and get ten kills for the day?" They're like, 
you come back tomorrow. Yeah. And you're like, wait, I don't get anything for playing. I don't get anything for winning. Anything? Nothing. There's not a big list of achievements that all have some experience tied to it. I mean, shit, dude, Pokemon Unite has like 30 things usually running at a time that you can get like checked off a list. Plus, you get it for every game you win or play or whatever. Yeah. And they were like, nope. And then people were like, you realize this is awful, right? And they were like, oh, yeah. And they like changed it after the fact. And yeah, then all of a sudden, just, we have like a normal system again. Right. It's like they were going <laughs> off like, of okay. like Halo Reach's like um, system where it kind of gave you like a couple things to like do other than just play the game. And right. Some things to focus on. But that doesn't translate well into like XP gathering for a season pass. If yeah, exactly. That stuff runs out, and then you have nothing else to do. It's like, how do you expect player retention to happen if you're like, okay, well, here's here's these three things, these three things to do, and then just kind of like hang out if you want. Like, no, of course I'm not gonna waste my time if it's not gonna give me experience for a season pass. Um, and that's unfortunate that a season pass economy exists in the first place. To, to be honest, um, but <laughs> it's just like if you yeah, if you're gonna lead into it, you gotta do it right, and you have to make it so that people want to stay or stay and play your game or you're going sure. to look at stuff like a 3000 a 3000 player count max on steam um which is what they're looking at right now if not less at this point <clears throat> oh yeah yeah i think like as a concept i like that kind of concept when it's done right like in a game like like if you had a game like magic arena i like how their track works because there's a free track destiny's mm-hmm. is the same way there's a free track and just playing the game earns you stuff on the free track so you're just occasionally getting rewards for playing. Mm-hmm. Even actually, Pokemon Unite was my favorite, I think, because there was multiple tracks running at, a, at the same time, and they would all just randomly, you know, drip feed you rewards. So it felt like you were getting rewards every other game, no matter what track you were hitting them from. Um, I don't mind when there's a track like that if it's either free or if it's not like like I I I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. like the idea of a paid track giving you like actual bonuses that are like power level power rewards. Like, if Magic the Gathering is, like... Even Magic's is kind of iffy because their track, on their paid track, you get, like, a bunch of mythic wild cards and other things that let you build better decks sure. inherently. Mm-hmm. And that can be, like, obviously problematic because then I could just sit down with 30 bucks and be like, boom, buy a bunch of packs or buy the track and then all of a sudden I'm outperforming other people who don't have access to the cards. But Magic Arena's thing is a whole other beast because that game is very much, like... If you want to be good at that game, you have to sit down on launch day and put $100, $200 into, like, packs to sure. build competitive decks, which... That's similar to Paper Magic, but mm-hmm. with Paper Magic, you actually own stuff. I just don't like the idea of putting $200 into a digital product and then hand-waving it away in two years when it with expires Paper Magic, or whatever. You still can buy the specific cards you want. Well, that too, yeah. That's the other thing. On Arena, you cannot pick like right. individual cards that you want and build a certain deck. I couldn't sit down on Nuka Penna Day and be like, I want to build blue, white, green, and then just start getting those cards. It's like, right. no. The best thing I can do is buy a bajillion packs and hope I get it. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, those Mythic Rare cards do help. Like the wild cards, sure. Yeah, um, it is a. I, I and I understand why it's like that, but it's, sure, it's certainly a, a, a better way than than not having it's. It. It's a lot more money oriented than it is player oriented, and I think that's. I know there's a balance there, obviously, but it feels like it's out of balance, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, even games like Hearthstone with their dust system allow you to actually pick targets when you spend dust to get cards. Like right. No, it's not perfect, but if I open a really good card out of a Hearthstone pack, I can scrap it and put it towards a card for my ice deck or something or whatever. So, hmm. yeah, there's... Yeah, it's... Well, yeah, because, like, literally, when I first started playing Hearthstone, they were giving me all the rewards, giving you packs, giving you free cards, and I looked through the cards and was like, this is the deck I want to build, and I just scrapped the rest of my collection into mm-hmm. Dust and was like, buy these 12 cards. And that was 
nice because I was able to build a deck I wanted. Only one, and then I had no other cards, but that's still way better than, like, here's your random stuff. Build whatever right. you can. Like, you know, I open ten packs or something, and I get three of the same rare, like a green rare that I don't want to play. But I'm like, well, if I want to compete, this is, like, the best card I have, so I guess I build around this. Right. And now I'm sitting here playing Magic Arena with a jank, like, green-black deck I don't like, trying to win matches with a bad deck in the hopes that I'll win currency to then go buy cards so I can eventually play the deck I want to play. It's like, you know, it'd be like Destiny being like, yeah, welcome to Destiny, and they hand you a sidearm. And you're like, if you want to get to, like, scouts and rocket launchers, you got to work your way up. And you're like, okay, I'm just not going to play. Like, I don't want to play with, like, right. weapons that are bad so I can eventually get good weapons. Like, yeah, it's rough, but... You're not wrong. All right. Um, let's get into some uh, stories here this week. Uh, big story, obviously... <clears throat> Let me bring it up. Sonic Origins was announced. Um, you know me. You know I love me some Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, I think it was the first game I streamed on this channel way before I did any branding for it. Um, it was just kind of more of an experiment like a couple of years ago before I did like anything or thought this was even going to be a thing. Um yeah, yeah so excited to see they are bringing back um, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles and Sega CR Sonic CD on a compilation. Um, so I guess they, <laughs> um, they didn't release a silly chart. Well, we did. We got to see that on Twitter, so we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this uh, just because, you know, I'm a humongous Sonic fan. Um, so I'm glad to see that this is coming here. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts? Definitely. I was actually going to say there was a couple things about this. One was, it's funny you mentioned what you did, because when I first started my YouTube and Twitch channel back mm -hmm. in, like, 2018, um, the first two series that we ran on YouTube as episodes was us playing, was me and Leisha playing um, Pumba 2, which was, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's a PlayStation mm -hmm. 1, like, whole classic game. Yeah. Um, it's 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 really well done, and it's also awful. And it's the weirdest, like... <laughs> It's the weird, like, you ever have, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like someone gave you, like, food, and you eat the food, and you're like, oh, something in here is actually rotten and moldy. But then everything else is, like, amazing. So it's right. like, oh, do I want to eat this again? And you, like, kind of want to bite it again, but you're like, like, it's really, it's really weird. <laughs> but like they had something and, going and for I, it. Yeah, there's, well, from a game design perspective, there's a lot that it does well. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, like, from a writing and story perspective, it's off the rails, like, nonsensical. And you can't even take it seriously. Dude, that's the game I told you about where they had the guy misspoke his line, and then he corrected himself, and then read the line again, oh, and they left yes. it on the game. He was yes. just, like, he misread his line and was like, oh, oh, okay, there you go, there you go. And then he read his line again, and they just left it in the game. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Um, so I played that, and I played... Uh, what was the Kirby for Super Nintendo? Kirby Superstar or something? Yeah. I played that with Leisha. And then my third thing on that channel that we did was I was doing a solo run of Sonic Mania mm -hmm. um, with commentary. And it was, like, the coolest thing, because Sonic Mania was a big, like, trip for me, because it was Fuck there was yeah. a lot of retro stages, and there was a lot of, like, every other stage was, like, an old stage, and then mm -hmm. the second part of it was, like, a, a modern take on it. And the Sonic Mania yes. crew did a great job, and if I'm not mistaken, that's who's doing Origins. Yes, which is exciting. Um, yeah, and I, I, Whitehead's involved, and I think they they've done other remakes of these collect this collection in the past, and mm -hmm. have done a, like some updates on those levels, and that's all going to be part of this as well. 
That's fantastic. And I know, like, I, I caught a YouTube video because the guys who do the music for the Sonic games lately, since Mania, Mania Origins, uh, Mania Plus, whatever, mm -hmm. um, is Super Potions. And if you've never heard of them, they're a cool channel on YouTube. They do a lot of video game music. Even mm -hmm. outside of this, they just do a bunch of, like, video game mixes and stuff. They're really cool. Yeah. Um, everything about this is great. It's like fans making the music, fans doing the remakes, you know, people who love this franchise working on this franchise. It's all awesome. And then it feels like everybody comes together to do this like perfect thing. Like, you know, they hold up like the golden ring and it's like, yeah, it's amazing. And then they hand it to like an executive and the executive is like, how do I break this up into monetary purchase? Yes. <laughs> like, so yes. Yeah, Sega, <laughs> Sega once again, like just <laughs> absolutely missing the mark on marketing. Um, yeah, which is, it which is perfect, what their dude. their hallmark is um, for the mm -hmm. last twenty years. Uh, they posted this chart on Twitter, and everyone was vehemently confused um, because it just yeah, it, rightfully it, so. It, it creates more questions than it answers um, to a question that shouldn't exist in the first place. So you see here, yeah. um, you'll probably have to walk me through this one because I just. This is mind-boggling here. Yeah, yeah, so sure. you, have, you have the main game here. You can pre-order it, and it's just the main game. And then they have four other tiers, but they're not really tiers. They have mm -hmm. the if you go all the way to the right, they have the digital deluxe edition. Let's um let's bring her up on the big screen here. So we have like the digital deluxe edition, but that's missing stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. So if you do pre-order it, you get basically everything in the middle tiers all bundled together with it. Yeah. So what you've got, so on the left tier, you've got just main game. Um, yeah. On the far right, the, the digital deluxe edition has everything except the bonus coins, the mirror mode, and the letterbox. Right. Those three exact same things are the free DLC, the start dash pack, included with pre-order of standard or digital deluxe. Right. So <laughs> if you, if you, if you pre-order digital deluxe, you do get, everything mm -hmm. but you have to pre-order it not just buy it um if you pre-order the standard game you get the game the coins the mirror mode and the letterbox and then you miss out on like the rest of the stuff and then at that point if you missed out on the rest of the stuff you'd have to get the premium fun pack to get the hard missions the background the animation in the menu the control over the islands and the animation during music islands and then the music pack is a separate pack as well that's the weird one for me especially is the music pack is just a random one-off music pack by itself but okay <laughs> yeah that's kind of blue. and i almost wonder because there's always been this weird rumor of contention with the music rights in sonic and knuckles and sonic the hedgehog 3 and i yeah, almost wonder absolutely. if that that tier is separated just so it's like here this is like a dedicated payoff whatever payoff they have to pay off for it, just yeah. for the rights and I, yep. I i'm kind of thinking that's what that is I wouldn't be surprised by that it does it because this chart could have easily have just been four and the premium fun pack could have had the music and it still would have gone over roughly the same way, but this makes it even look weirder when there's like one tier that's just base game, and then one tier that's just a music pack. Right. Like, and then the rest is like I a bunch just of stuff. Buy the music pack? Is that what you're telling me? Like it doesn't make yeah, any yeah. fucking sense. Um, well, yeah, it yeah. was a weird way to go about it. I think. It, well, I have a few gripes with this. One, the the like pre-order to get the start dash pack. I hate when they do that when it's like. As much as I disagree with it, I understand if like a retailer gets a bonus because it convinces you to go to that retailer. It's all but, like, digital. But like, it's all yeah, it's all digital. So it's like this is probably where everyone's getting it anyway. No one's. I mean, I guess right. if they do a physical print run of this game, sure. But like, I feel like most people in general are already getting it from the store. You would think that package just would be included. Um, and my other thing with is like the premium fun pack. 
I would understand, and this may be the case, so I can't speak to it, but if the premium fun pack is content, that was like... Well, no, because it can't even be the case, because it's coming out. The fact that you can get it means that it's going to be made. Right. I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with it if it's like a Kickstarter-style thing, where it's like, hey, if enough people buy it, we'll make the premium fun pack, or right. <laughs> something like that. Or like, like it's not done at all, and they're going to work on it, and I think therefore it's up to to mimic that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's what it feels like it's trying to be, but... Yeah. Because it says coming soon instead of, like, available at any time or anything. Exactly. But the fact that it's here now, before the game releases, Oops. this wasn't, like, a response to the game doing well, we're going to add content because you're demanding it. This is, we we planned all this content out, including this stuff, and then this chunk is going to be something that's coming later and for more money. And it's like, well, yeah. if your original scope of the game included everything in that fun pack, just make the fun pack. And make it part of the game. And that's my, the game my, doesn't come out until, like, December, that's fine. Right, and that's my argument, is, like, why not just make the Ultra Deluxe Edition, just smush all this into one package and sell it? Just mm -hmm. one tier. Like, yeah, why does it make have it one to game like for this? one tier. Like... Yep. No, absolutely. And and that's the best part, is the game, the, 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 the Digital Deluxe Edition, if I'm not mistaken, is, like, $45. Uh-huh. And the base game is, like, 40 right? Yeah, it's a five dollar difference. So why are so we making? So it's like, dude, just make the thing forty five bucks, and that's the right. default price for the game, and it comes with everything yes. automatically. And then the game, it's you get the maximum amount of money you could ever make because right. everyone buys it at the forty five price. No one is gonna. You can't tell me people would have looked at the forty dollar price and been like sold, and then someone's like forty five, and they were like, oh, too rich for my blood. Like the extra right. five, like no. Of course not. <laughs> the people that want this are going to buy it at that price point. They're gonna buy it at forty five or forty. Yeah. Whatever, so it's like. Put it. You're telling me now that I have to prioritize this because I have won all this, obviously, and they're not doing a physical, which really pisses me off. Um, they're not doing a physical at all. Why are they doing like all this stuff? Like, just make exactly. it exactly. Just it's it's a bonus. Release. Just charge forty five dollars, include everything, call it a day. Yeah. Um, like you're not gonna you're just you're not gonna make or break this collection with that five dollar difference and just selling the base game. It makes no sense. Um, and, and and yeah, especially like this optically looks way worse than if they were just like Sonic Origins. It's forty five bucks. Here's all the stuff it comes with. That would have looked great on paper to have sure. just one thing that was like Sonic Origins. It's forty five dollars, but the reason why it's a little over forty is because it's got hard mode, mirror mode, all these animations, all these controls over the camera, the music pack, the letterbox background, free coins included. That would have seemed like a no brainer because it's. Yeah, it's a little more than $40. It's a weird price to be 45 instead of 40 or 50 or something. Sure. But it's like that because they're stacking it full of content. On paper, that would look and sound awesome. It'd be like, dude, right. we're getting remakes of the first four games with a bunch of new content, hard mode missions, mirror mode missions. Amazing. But now it looks like right. a weird, strung out. Now we like, have to have this course, like, weird conversation like about like why, yeah. why all this pricing over four games in a collection. When right. 20 it's, years ago, yeah. they did this collection on the GameCube. It included seven games, and it included for a bunch of bucks. unlocks. Yeah. For 40 bucks. It included a bunch of unlocks, all kinds of shit you could do. Um, a, a museum. You could like look back at like, old like videos of like, Sonic the Hedgehog commercials and um, like old advertising content and all kinds of cool shit. And this, I, I, like, this for 40 bucks, it's for, it's, you're looking at like $10 a game. And with like if you buy it, yeah. pre-order to get everything... Um, it's eleven dollars a game, effectively. So it's, I don't sure. know. It just seems like it's, it's a like, weird hair to split. It's well, it's one of those things where it's like I think I think optically it's really weird that they strung it all apart like this, right? 
And if they had just left it as one thing outright, like if they had announced it and been like, it's 45 bucks and it comes with everything, we wouldn't be doing anything other than being like, it's coming out, it's probably going to be awesome. Well, let's move on. That would have been our discussion. Right. Like, now we have to talk about the optics and, and the, the, the reasoning behind this of why they're even doing this in the first place. This could have easily just been one package with one deal. And, you know, it's funny, too, because, like, like, like we've seen all these other things do this. Mega Man X, Mega Man ZX, um, the, the old Mega Man Legacy, not Legacy, what's it called? Like, yeah, regular Mega Mans, Mega Man Xs, and ZX, all were just, like, used collections. Here's your price, whatever, whatever. Yeah, get it 40 done. bucks, clean, clean and, take away. And and I and I and this because it has all this extra content, the mirror mode, the hard mode, like all this other stuff, mm-hmm. that's awesome. And I totally get why it costs a little more because they added that content and everything. It's stuff that's new, it's stuff that's unique, and that's great. But like I think that like they were so eager to try and like give people options on this that they just made it look like it's a like a grift. Like it's like, oh right. here's all this extra stuff that we're none of this feels together. From right. a it's like, perspective. Right. Well, it's like, yeah, it's it's one of those things where like it feels like sketchy just looking at it. And even even results wise, it's actually not bad. You literally mm-hmm. just pre-order the deluxe edition and you get everything. But they could have just had that be a thing. They could have just been like pre-order the deluxe edition today and receive everything. And that would have been great. People would have been okay with that too. Right. Like <laughs> it still would have been awesome to have to pre-order, but like end of the world okay i have to put my money on the game the day before it comes out instead of like the day it comes out people would have been okay with it i think mm-hmm. i think this just feels like oh it's almost i don't want to say insulting because i'm not personally insulted by this but i can see a lot of people looking at this and feeling like they're being taken for a ride right uh, and that's basically what the effect was on twitter i mean the, the response yeah. to this was not even what, though it, it, you're not expecting. really <laughs> like you're you're paying forty five bucks for the entire collection with all the stuff in it, mm-hmm. and that's what you should do. Anyone should just do that instead of paying forty, and then who knows what the other two packs are going to be separately later and right. whatever. But like, it feels like something's wrong. Like it, you know, it's like the, it's like that. Like it's like a carnival game. Like you walk up to the carnival game and you're like, this feels like I'm going to get scammed if I play it, and the dude's like, no, 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 it's totally legit. I promise. And you're like, okay. And then you play the game and you're like, okay, it is legit. But maybe you shouldn't make it look like a carnival game because a lot of these are notoriously, like, mathematically scams. So maybe don't dress it up like that. And that's what this feels like. It feels like it's dressed up like a weird, grifty thing to, like, try and take people's money in a weird way. Even though, like, like, practically, you can get through this by just doing the one shot at the end and calling it a day or whatever. it's such a weird and and it goes back to like we talk about like this is the kind of problem they created this problem for themselves for nothing they could have easily just not done it this way and it would have been fine no one would even be talking about it people would be excited about a sonic game exactly that would have been all the preps they got of like the popularity (laughs) of sonic with the movie out with them talking about that open world zelda like uh breath of the wild style sonic the hedgehog frontier yeah and it's just, it's just Sonic. It's just Sega. They just sometimes they just can't get out ahead of themselves, man. It's just, it, I, yeah. It's I don't know what. Maybe they haven't been around long enough. I guess I don't know. That's their thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Sega uh, uh, been around for ages. Been around for ages. No, it just, it just feels like one of those really, really weird missteps. You know what I mean? It'd be like, mm-hmm. like imagine if you walked into like Burger King and you were like, I want to get a burger, and you looked at the menu, and the menu had like the bun, the burger, the lettuce, and the tomatoes. And the cheese, and each of them was like a dollar. And you're like, 
can I just get a like a cheeseburger? And they're like, yeah, it's like five bucks. Everyone does that. And I'm like, why does your menu have it all spaced out and priced separately? And they're like, oh. Right. It's like, this looks stupid. This looks like you're taking me for a ride for every individual thing I buy. When in reality, if it was just one price for like the one complete item, I wouldn't even question it. I would just buy it. Like, Yeah, it's absolutely so weird. It's, this chart has no reason to exist, uh, to say the least. Um, uh, I And the thing is, too, it's like, wait it's like for some people like you can wait on this this will be twenty dollars in six months and then you know throw on the extra extra dlc um for for at price because that's what they usually do they'll keep the dlc the same price and then you know they'll discount the game to entice you to buy the dlc so it's like you'll in the long run you'll probably save money uh waiting this out instead of you know hitting getting getting stuck in that fear of missing out situation i will be completely straightforward here i think and I'll I'll make my guess now on this. I think within one year from the launch of this game, it'll be either free on Epic, free on PlayStation Plus, on Game Pass. Uh, actually, not even on Game Pass. I think it'll be free either on PlayStation or it'll be on Epic's Game Store for free. Sure. Or it will end up in a humble bundle where you can get it as part of like the pay seven or less, pay fifteen or less, yada yada yada. I have one of the Sonic. I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I, I also have that Sonic bundle, which is why I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if this would show up in a bundle. Right, right. Because I know that and it's a good thing to do that partnership because that usually goes for charity and yeah. stuff. So it's, I'm not clowning on them and being like, this will be in a bundle for cheap later. But Sonic in particular is one of those game franchises where it, it is not a Nintendo franchise. It does not hold value over year over year. Right. Uh, I don't think you'll ever see a Sonic game unless unless Frontier knocks it out of the park. You'll never see a Sonic game maintain its core like value for an entire year in price. Never, no. Um, yeah. So and then uh, to make matters worse, Devolver Digital doing Devolver Digital things put up their own chart. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Trek to Yami and um, oh, this was glorious. And uh, they are kind funny of about that. breaking down what you get with the game when you buy their game, and um, the funny thing is, is like their game is significantly less expensive. Um, and it's an indie studio, and it's weird how like the indie studios can pull off these prices. I, sure. I don't know. It's, but it's, uh, yeah, tre- you get the base game, you get it for 10% off. Um, epic Journey Through the Underworld and back. Stunning visuals. <laughs> Remarkable soundtrack. Progressively comebacks combat. Complex combat. Full credits at the end. Yeah, and that's, 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 they're innovating with that. Full they credits, because usually most games that I play, the credits are locked behind an extra $1 purchase. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, there's so many games I just don't, I don't even know who made them because I didn't, didn't pre order them. Yep. I'll never forget when I got to the end of Bioshock Infinite and I, and, you know, you beat the game and then, like, the, the song starts playing and the credits roll and, like, they roll, like, up, like, to the bottom of the screen and then it's like, please enter access code. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't get one. Nice. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next big story of the week. Um, we have Nintendo, le- a couple, a lot of Nintendo leaks this week. Um, we had a yeah, it seemed a lot. We had a GBA emulator, a GBA Game Boy Advance. We had a Game <laughs> Boy emulator. Um, we also had an NES leak. So we have some information about some NES games that are coming to be coming out to the NSO. Um, and we got some, you know, some other things cool at cool at Nintendo. We got a couple announcements on uh, Splatoon and Xenoblade. And we'll talk about that in the short term here. Uh, let's focus mm-hmm. on the Game Boy Advance emulator here for a second. So it sounds like, um, and many game leaks, unfortunately, end up on, you know, they their origins can be traced back to 4chan. Um, so it seems like this uh, dev kit situation, like 
dev kit kind of thing kind of surfaced on there. They found some emulators. Um, the I forget what the hell it was called, like Goop or Sploop or something like that. Um, <clears throat> the GBA emulator, and then they had like the Game Boy emulator come out. So they packed these things up, ran the codes. They, they got them on, on the Switches pretty comfortably. Um, it looks like they were packed with like 25 games. Um, some of them... Um, all of them being like basically big, big titles like you know you would expect to see on a Game Boy Advance, including like Golden Sun, um, Mega Man Battle Network, and a couple other a couple other games too. So it it's interesting to say the least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for people that are waiting for Game Boy Advance stuff to come to the Switch, I I think at this point you know it's pretty safe to say that it will be coming. Um, it's just kind of a matter of when at this point now. Um, the the only interesting things that they they saw here was that I, I guess they must be working on or like D. I don't know if they're like D making a, a fl easy flash cart, but you can see like they had like a functionality to like dump to an easy flash cart in this emulating software, um, which I mean it's embarrassing for Nintendo because it makes them complete hypocrites on their on their ideologies as far as piracy and stuff, especially if they're like you know. Um, reverse engineering uh easy flash carts to make this shit work so but... yeah and I, I mean we could speak to that all day because they've done sure. what was it the the nes classic was a literal emulation flash card thing like mm -hmm. it wasn't actually like ports of i mean we've seen at least that time i think there's been a few other times where people have confirmed that it's been like just like basically they downloaded roms off the internet of their own games and then slapped them into like their first party hardware and called it a, like a thing or whatever right so it's it's not it's it's unfortunately not something new. Sure, no doubt. Um, yeah, they also had like a Game Boy emulator leak too. So I mean, people expecting to see a lot of that on there. Um, mm -hmm. And this is kind of like you know, if you're a fucking fan of the podcast, this is the stuff I've been bitching about for um, a long time, pretty much since the podcast's inception, um, about yeah. getting Game Boy Advance stuff on this damn system. So. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for it, but it's like we don't know how old this revision of this emulator is. So we don't know what where they are as far as development. We don't know if there's a timetable on it. Of course, this leak we, that we don't really we can't really date it. Um, this could be a very early project. This could be an old project. This could be something that Nintendo scrapped. So until we get an official announcement from Nintendo, um, I mean it's it's better than nothing at this point, but. It's um until we get that official announcement from Nintendo, I mean, we're just gonna have to kind of wait, and you know, time will tell. Yeah, I I kind of dread that it's gonna end up being part of like the expansion pack paid service. Yeah, um, I don't really want to spend any other any extra money on that, to be honest. Um, Agreed. <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's gonna be like a fork or a, a, even another tier above the N64 and Sega Genesis. If it is, that's not going to feel very well, feel very good, or go over well, really well. Um, or it could just be like an alternative fork, or you get like a discount if you already have like the upgrade expansion pack, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind the fork, per se, but at the same time, I wouldn't mind it being in the base Nintendo Online either. Yeah, of course. I'd, I'd like to see it in the base, but I almost wonder if from their perspective, do you think the smart move for them, the way they see it, would be you add the Game Boy Advance to the high tier, like the current top tier one, and you kick like the N64 and the Genesis down to the free one? Because it makes people come back for the free one as well as for the paid one, because the paid people have new things to do. 
And the free people get yeah. new things to do too. It would make sense, but not Nintendo sense. That's the, I was gonna say that's not a good. They won't. It won't happen. What I could see it. them doing <laughs> is putting like the regular Game Boy in the free tier with like the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo, and then maybe mm-hmm. putting the Advance in the extra tier, which would s- tier. absolutely yeah. suck for me because that's it's, it's, that would be like my, my worst case scenario. It's like the worst outcome, which is means it's probably what's gonna happen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. Yeah, so I mean, once we get any other information out of this, um, we'll certainly report about it. I mean, it seems like it's all pretty legitimized. They found traces of, like, employee from NERD, which is um, Nintendo Nintendo Europe uh, Research Division. Um, they're the, the That's the division that came up with the Super FX chip, I believe, um, originally. They... Um, their, their employee codes and employee names and stuff are in this like some of the code that they found so i mean it's it's a good sign to see that this is like at least official um at the end of the day and again it's just one of these things where like time will tell we, we don't know if this is like a project that they're currently working on this could be something that was like backburnered and it's just some employee just wants to fuck with the fucking internet um mm-hmm. we don't know so that's how rumors work <laughs> you know? oh, yeah absolutely. big time um but we also did get an, another leak um, with Nintendo Switch Online, uh, with the NES games coming out, and I guess a, a couple of screenshots leaked with a mysterious amount of Mega Man games, and uh, a couple of Castlevania games, and uh, I think it's a Pac Man, a Tetris, Galaga, and it was just it's strange to me that with Capcom because they hold their their little collections very close to the chest too, that they would. Include these, especially when you can go on the eShop right now and buy the digital copy of like the Mega Man collections for half off every other week. Um, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't know if maybe they just figure that those packs have run their course as far as making money. And I mean, now they're I, including I, them I in guess, there. Yeah. But it I would actually be. love to see like um, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers come um, to the Switch online, the sequel of that, which is very expensive to find online. I would love to see come to that. That gives people, you know, legitimate access at least to playing games that are, you know, run you hundreds of dollars on in the real, in the real world, um, outside of, you know, doing accessing these games illegally. So sure. Yeah. It would just be nice to see, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see a lot. Um, a lot of these games, like I said, you know, like with Capcom, a lot of them looks like they're getting like the special editions. And uh, for those that know, like the SP editions, I guess I get. Um, if you're not familiar with that, they just kind of pre-cheat code the games. I don't know. They're usually they're, they're like almost like game saves, where it's like hmm. all the hard work's done. You just fight the boss. Um, but you'll see them because they usually have like a little red ribbon on the icons and, uh, and right next to the normal side of the game. So yeah. a lot, a lot of the Mega Man's have that. Um, yeah, Metroid uh, has several of them. Uh huh. So does Zelda. I think Zelda has like a couple different versions of it. Right. But yeah, again, Castlevania being on like Castlevania collection. That's just again, that's very strange to see um, come to the Switch in that form. So again, it's one of those kind of those speculative deals where it's like I don't know if this is legit or not, but it it really seems like this is so. Um, we'll see, especially, you know, they'll, they'll do a patch and then they'll be able to data mine and we'll see what's happening. And we'll, of course, we'll hear about it on Twitter, um, once again. So, okay. um, we're going to get the new feature on the switch where they're going to bring back street pass and they're going to make street pass on the switch, but then it's going to be like NFTs where like everyone gets one and you have to like trade with people. (laughs) That would actually be interesting. Dude, street pass on the switch was missing from the switch is such a miss. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Like, why would you do that? Right, like going going back to like, hey, we're doing handheld console that can be brought anywhere. Do we bring that thing from the 3DS over that everybody did? Yeah. No. Let's get rid of all the quality okay. of life shit that everyone loved. Fucking get rid of it. Let's charge for amiibos that no one wants or plays with. Um. <laughs> so. Oh my god, that stupid. What was that Zelda game that did that? It made me so angry. Because it was absolutely for nothing. The wind, uh, not Wind Waker. The uh, Skyward Sword. Skyward Sword. Like they were like, "Hey, we did this awesome quality of life improvement, and we locked it behind an amiibo just because." <laughs> yeah. And it was like, "Wait, what?" Well, okay. It was, like, it was like saving your game and like keeping it in a, or fast travel. It was fast travel. Fast you could travel. fast travel on the spot if you had the amiibo. I, and the funny thing is, I have that amiibo. And I don't have the game. <laughs> there you go. I just saw. Just, I thought it looked cool. Yeah, well, it's just like. The fact that the amiibo is like an extra fifteen bucks, and that functionality is tied to it, like it doesn't seem like it on paper, but in practicality, the game costs sixty dollars, fifty, sixty dollars, whatever you buy it for, and then the ability to fast travel whenever you want is a paid microtransaction of like another fifteen dollars on an amiibo that no one could find for like the first three weeks of that game coming out. Like imagine, imagine the optics if they just digitally inserted into the game. Would you like to fast travel anytime? It's fourteen ninety nine, and you could buy it in game. That would be like super shitty optically, right? You'd be like, "Oh my god, what a like what a cash grab from people!" Right. To like wave fast traveling at them from any location and be like, "It's literally fifteen bucks in game," but then it's like, "Oh, but it's part of an action figure thing that we sell," and you're like, "Oh, that's fine," and it's like, "No, it's not fine. It's still a fifteen dollar microtransaction for this game." Right. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> right. And people were like, at least when you had they did uh, Twilight Princess, Twilight Princess, there was a version that came with the amiibo packed in. And it didn't actually give you like a quality of life improvement. It was just like an extra thing you could do, I guess. Hmm. But it wasn't like a full-on quality of life. I mean, even in Metroid, you have those two Metroid amiibos you can use where they give you a health and a missile pack, I think. And then you can reuse them after that to restore some. But like, that's not like, like we're, we're not talking about something where you can get a million of them in the game normally, and then there's just one more available through the Amiibo. This is like a, a feature that's locked behind the Amiibo completely. Right. And it's a big quality of life change. Like, holy shit. Imagine, like, yeah, Destiny 3 comes out, and Destiny 3, like, like hey, we're doing Amiibos now. It's on the Switch, and if you want Mantling, Mantling is locked behind this Amiibo of a Destiny <laughs> dude Mantling. Like, <laughs> okay. You can't use ships unless you have this Amiibo. You gotta walk. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, you can't. You yeah. gotta walk through your fucking planet, man. No, no sparrows. Dark sparrows swimming. are locked behind the sparrow amiibo. <laughs> It'd be fucking terrible. God, God, it would be insane. Uh, and I don't know how that. Actually, I'm not, I'm surprised that there wasn't a lot of people talking about that. It feels like everyone was just like, ugh. But then no one said anything. Like you didn't hear like long discourse about it. Right. I don't know. It was weird. Definitely weird. Very weird. Um. Yeah. So we got some news. Um. This year with Zelda Breath of the Wild being pushed back till next spring. Yep. Um which again, it was pretty much they they stated at the E3 they're like we're aiming for 2022. This is not a promise. Um and then the, the internet lost their fucking shit anyway. So like they do. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, yeah. because of that we saw some shuffling of games as well. Um so I guess Xenoblade was moved up to July yeah, 29th. Um, so that's good to see that they have that done and really ready. Um, and a lot of people were speculating too with like lack of like Splatoon news uh, and information that will probably get pushed back. So it looks like Xenoblade and Splatoon just kind of traded places. Um, mm -hmm. Splatoon 
originally being planned for summer, obviously, getting pushed back now to September. I don't uh, September 9th. I don't know if that's still technically summer or not. Like, are they going to get qualify that as summer on the hair of their ass on that one? But um, yeah, no. <laughs> so this has also led to a lot of speculation um, that we might get a Zelda pack collection um, of maybe like the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess on mm-hmm. a Switch game. So. We'll see. Uh, and that's the thing, too, is um, Nintendo has still yet to announce. Like, the, like, their big announcement, like, their last big announcement was announcing a lot of spring titles and a, yeah. a peppering of, like, end-of-the-year stuff. Um, and they're at the point now, like, where I think they're, they're almost competing with themselves because they're just releasing so many fucking games. But and yeah. I think this is just an effect of just unkinking the hose of the, all the COVID problems that we've had with development that we've seen with every game company. So sure. just a lot of games are coming all at all at once. I mean, we saw like that week where um, Horizon came out. What else came out? Um, obviously, Elden Ring came out that week, and then a couple other games that were like really big came out. And then right behind it was like Lego Star Wars and a couple other games. Then so it's yeah, it was like a lot of games coming all at all at once. So yeah, at some point you have to question like whether or not you're competing against yourself. And I, I see this like shuffling as something as maybe to kind of compensate for that. But I would expect to see. Um, because they really haven't done much for for the Zelda anniversary beyond that Game & Watch thing. Um, say, they announced like, the Game & Watch, and I think they even said out right there, like, we don't really have plans for the anniversary, but here's the Game & Watch thing, and people were like, oh, okay. Right. Kind um, of a big franchise, kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of important. Like, Nintendo's kind of important. <laughs> like, uh, uh, why do we have to tell you that? Uh, <laughs> so, um, I, I would not be shocked to see a Zelda collection pack announced for um like maybe like late fall um before holiday seasons shopping shit starts so yeah we'll you know we'll keep an eye out keep posted on that one as well mm-hmm. uh last big story of the night too uh something i don't really want to fucking talk about because i'm gonna get angry at it but microsoft and sony kind of both announced plans to start inserting ads into games um, not a great look, and I'm not about it. Microsoft said that they want to start looking in the avenue of putting in um, advertisements in their free games, where PlayStation's just like, yeah, we're just going to put ads in games, like, in general. Um, I think it's kind of a bad, really bad decision. Um, it's a very bad slippery slope, as far as acceptability. And I'm already seeing people online, like, squabbling over the, the, the con- quote-unquote console war people fighting over this and and they're already making like these bad justifications like oh well sony said they're doing games and all or ads and all the games microsoft's only doing in their free ads and it's like no you should be angry at both yeah <laughs> like, neither one's really acceptable not, neither are acceptable and when you start making those false dichotomies like that you're giving acceptance to microsoft to do it just for their free games and it's never yeah. gonna it's not gonna stop there it's never going yeah, to stop there. This is a slippery slope. They can start slow tri- slow dripping it into pay for games as well. So mm-hmm. it's just because like Sony is going to get a head start on this if they even do and plan on implementing it. Microsoft's going to be there too, and like it's we we've seen this a hundred times with, with this like slippery slope, um pushing the pushing the um pushing the envelope with, with like shitty mechanics. Like we're starting to see like mobile shitty, like marketing practices of mobile games starting to bleed into like regular games. Like you saw with like Sonic the Hedgehog and their stupid chart. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is just, it's bad for gaming in general. And I think game developers need to do a better, um, 
do better than this, especially with like navigating the gaming culture. Um, I, I think sometimes the gaming culture, as far as game devs, is just like they look at gamers as just the sum of their wallets, and it's you can't, especially when you're this blatant about it. Um, Absolutely, I, I can I can assure you, I would never stream a game that just blatantly has like just banner ads or whatever. And it's like it's one thing for like the I guess maybe to have plat um, like some product placement. Um, I still does I don't I still don't feel good about it, and I still don't really ex I think it's acceptable. But but if I'm gonna sit here and like I have to like wait to watch a commercial, and then click through it to play a game that I just yeah. spent sixty dollars on, that's horseshit. Um, yeah, that's, that's like absolutely unacceptable. I guess in certain contexts, like if I was playing a game like Cyberpunk and there was like billboards advertising like a product or something. I guess I probably wouldn't even think twice about it. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I'm in a city. There's a billboard. The billboard advertises the product. Mm -hmm. If, if the company makes a deal with like Wendy's to have like a Wendy's billboard in cyberpunk that comes by sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of it. I might not even ever see it. Some people might not even see it. Some people just see it in passing, whatever, whatever. I don't think I have that big of a problem with that kind of thing. I think when it starts to impact the player in terms of like slowing us down, making us wait, forcing us to interact. I think that's one of the problem. Sure. It's inhibitive of yeah the content when it's in, when it when it affects the actual gameplay and stuff. I would have a big problem with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that does count for things like immersion. Like like on your screenshot here, you've got like Elden Ring, like a KFC billboard or something. Like obviously that would throw me right out of the game if I saw that in that world mm -hmm. or whatever. And that would also be a problem for the industry because then you've got people being like, you know, hey, do you want to make a medieval knights and sword and board game? And they're like, no, because if I set that game in the 21st century, I can do advertising on billboards or I can do advertising for sure. modern day products that I couldn't get away with in the old days. So financially, I'm incentivized to make a game in the current day or whatever. And then all of a sudden, how many projects end up getting shifted into like modern day storytelling simply because there's a financial incentive to do it. Like, right. So I could see why it could be a problem, even if even if inherently like having it in the game in some games isn't a problem, it would it would sort of force people's hands to move in that direction in a way that would be unhealthy for the industry. And think about how like the shift to like always online gaming um, with like single player games, even you're looking at like Forza. Um, think about like play like a single player game that's offline and you need to, you can't play it because it didn't get the patch for the latest ads. And because yeah, the advertiser exactly. didn't pay to have that extra time, then you have to go online and update that to get those to get those ads, or you're locked out of the game. It's like, you know, right. I I could see that I could see that being poorly executed as well. Um, I I just think I just think that's nothing about this is good. Uh, nothing good can come from it. And, um, honestly, I just I, to to I I really hope that like people get outspoken enough to prevent this kind of shit from happening. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, it was bad enough when what was it the the I remember on the Xbox 360, we had the blade system. They got rid of the blade system and they put that like panel system up. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of weeks later, you know, we're getting like little banner ads and stuff in those panels. Um, I, I just couldn't, you couldn't like flip a page on that system without getting like a, an army recruitment ad um, or, you know, advertisements for stuff that wasn't even game related. And I yep. was like, this is a horrible experience. And that's what really turned me off um, to the Xbox as a whole. And that's why I went switched, not one, one of the reasons why, but it was like one of the big reasons why I switched from, you know, Microsoft to PlayStation and that next generation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of like, like, I mean, I, I use like, obviously like modern form of social media and I see the same thing with like 
even on like Twitter or something, I'll be scrolling and it'll be like an advertisement or something that I don't care about. Right. And it's just like kind of wedged in between my other stuff. We've seen it in news articles for the longest time. You know, news articles where like you'll be scrolling a news article and there'll be like a an ad sort of hidden in the news article as if it was like a different headline. Mm-hmm. Like even if I new tab right now on my computer, you know, I've got, okay, I've got a news thing. I've got fortune. My third one is an ad for progressive and it's framed as if it's an article about how I could save money with progressive as if it was like an actual article. That's something happening in the news when it's just an ad. Right. Like it's just ridiculous how like it's, it's so buried in everything at all it's, times. And that's and the thing. It's, it's like if, if, if advertising is so, morally bankrupt to that point where they're trying to trick you into thinking that you're reading a news article, then right. why would I want that in my fucking games? Like I well, exactly games are one of the places we don't have to deal with it really. Right. It's one of the only places and, really where you don't ever advertisers have to can't it. fucking stand it. So mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah, right. it's it's tough. I, I get monetization, but that's that's another thing I have an issue with. I understand monetization and I get why games do DLC. I get why games do add-ons. I get why games do charges or whatever mm-hmm. games do service because it's a model that makes money over time. Like, I don't know. I have a hard time when it's like when an indie game does like a Kickstarter where they say like, "Hey, we're doing this and that and the other because that's we'll make the money back that way and we'll be able to keep making content." Fine, that's fine. Right. But when you've got like someone at the level of like Activision or at the level of like Ubisoft or at the level of like even like these these bigger ones that are doing really well this year, like it's wild to think that they're like considering it. Like, like Square Enix. I love Square Enix to death, but oh my god, being like, yeah, you know, we'll move into NFTs, and it's like, but why? You guys can't tell me you don't make enough money. I mean, obviously, some of your games flop, but, you know, one of the most successful games on the planet right now is a game that people play to pay monthly. You can't possibly tell me that. The revenue off 14 alone is, like, propping up your whole business, like, to crazy extents. Right. So they can afford to take losses on Marvel and all the other nonsense. Yeah, yeah. But, like, like, even just, like, and then they'll do, like, well, you know, we gotta look into, you know, Ubisoft, like, oh, yeah, we're going into NFTs, and it's, like, you guys are a huge company. You guys could, like, bleed money for, like, an entire year and probably not care. I mean, look at, like, Nintendo. Nintendo, they don't have the behavior, but financially, Nintendo could move into, like, really shitty behavior tomorrow, and they could last for, like, a decade on a loss. They could operate at a loss for, like, a decade. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're, like we've, seen, we've seen Nintendo put out entire flop consoles and then just ride it out and then wait for the next one. <laughs> like. It's you just can't that, tell me these companies need like the the pennies they get from like click through revenue from ads or some dumb shit that they're gonna put in games. Like, right. It's like how much money do you need at this point? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, uh, if your if your company expand ex, expansion is contingent on this to make your shareholders happy, then I think this experiment called capitalism is not sustainable. Um, yeah, that's that's a big part of it. Trust me, we could do a whole other podcast on that. We sure could. We're not going to, but we sure could. Uh-oh. But um, no, I agree. It's just like, and you know, I'm, I guess for me in particular, I'm in like a head place where like I'm reading through, I'm reading that book I told you about, Game On, mm-hmm. and it talks about game development history all the way back to like the '90s, the late '80s, uh, up until today, and I'm I'm getting through it, and I'm seeing more and more of like. These these startup companies, they start up, they make their games, and they they absolutely kill it in sales. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's popular. Gaming as an entertainment form is extremely popular, and they they accumulate a lot of power very quickly, a lot of money, and then like a lot of the newer companies, especially the mo- more modern ones, like not the old hands like Nintendo, or even maybe like to an extent like Sony or, or Microsoft to an extent, but like 
these newer like uh, corporate AAA studios like Ubisoft and EA and all these. The reason why we always meme on these people for being so shitty about their money practices is because they have like if you actually look at how much money they have, it's insane. Like the stuff they can do, the stuff they can pull, the, like the losses they can take. And like you said, we've got studios out there in, in Japan being like, we're going to raise the base pay by like a fuck ton because we can, because we should. And you'll never see that in America. We've seen Microsoft do four-day work weeks in Japan. They tested mm-hmm. it out over there, and they said that it was the best thing they ever did. Not only was never it better happened. for the employees, like significantly better for the employees, the company made more money. They didn't have to have their store open one day or their studio open one day, so they saved on all the bills for that. Plus, they were more the people were more productive, significantly more productive mm-hmm. for the one extra day they had or whatever. And it was, and then they didn't even have to worry about like. Um, benefits as much because when you had people with a third day off, it was a lot easier for them to plan the week around it, especially like a husband and wife or like a, a couple, a pair could like three days, three days off and then they'd only have one day to have to work it out instead of like like if you know me and the wife both had full-time jobs, we each get two days off, there's still three days we have to work around. Sure. Well, if it was a three-day, three-day off, we'd only have one day to work around. It's a lot easier. Um Man, and it was like it was it was literally better for Microsoft, better for their company, better for the employees. Literally everyone benefited from it. And then they were like, Yeah, we'll stick to that in Japan. And people were like, and everywhere else that you like run companies, and they were like, No, 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 no. And it was like You said it makes you guys more money, it makes everyone in the office happier. Like what what's the problem? And they just were like, eh. <laughs> Yeah, cultural backlash, okay. probably. Probably. I almost guarantee it. Yeah. I mean, we see this we see this all the time with a lot of different things in the game industry, people like uh you can't even go on you can't even go on like Twitter or like Reddit and be like, oh, I'm a game designer, I do models for characters, but without people being I just saw something the other day. They were like, someone does a 3D uh, this girl I follow on Twitter who does 3D models and 3D modeling, and she's very, very good about educating. She talks about topography, quads and tries, how you can reduce things to make them more efficient, how you can make your files smaller, what tricks you can pull with your textures to make them take less space so you can make your files better. Mm-hmm. And She'll be like talking about like articulating like a person's leg or like the lower torso of a person, and it'll be like their feet and their from the, from like their shin to almost the bottom of their knee, and then the upper part of their femur, the thigh. None of that stuff has to bend or move like at all. Mm-hmm. the The textures don't move. Nothing bends. Nothing really twists. So that stuff could be just simple quads, and then like the knees, the ankles, the the toes, the hips, the parts that bend and move are the parts where it's going to bend and manipulate. So you want extra quads to make sure that the textures don't get all weird in those areas. Right, right. And then people are like quote tweeting her and being like, not a game dev, just because she did like 20 years of 3D modeling. And it's like, what are you talking about? How do you think the games get made? Who do you think makes the characters in the game work? Like, you're not a game dev. That's the, I mean, that's like a core component like, I, okay. I, don't, I don't get it. It's what I went to school for. Um, it's insane. <laughs> it's like, I just, wow, that's mind boggling. It, it completely blew me. And then I think she, like, uh, the only reason I saw it because she quotes you and she was like, I guess I'm not a game developer, even though she has credits on multiple AAA titles for characters. She did, like, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, like, specifically, was one of the ones that she did mm-hmm. for the new Tomb Raiders. And it was like, she was responsible how- for the actual character. Yeah, the whole character model. She like she talks about how she though. does all these tricks to make the character work. Like she ported, I think it was she ported a character from PS4 and PC and everything to the Switch. And she talked about how there was all kinds of tricks you could pull where like um, you could make like because um, because on like the PS4 or whatever it was like the character's model was very detailed and it had a lot mm-hmm. of clips and it had little things on it that moved and things were physics affected. So it was a very like you know like something you'd see in Horizon. 
Sure. And um, she was like, I had to go in there and I had to like start m- melding meshes together so they became static. And then maybe I would do a certain thing so that it could move in one spot or two spots that would give it the illusion of being a fluid thing just when you caught it moving a little sometimes mm-hmm. or this and that. And she would have trim models and do this and do that and change the way lighting works so that, you know, you have this very detailed piece, but that model, what you're seeing is only visually presented to the player, but not affected by lighting. So the actual lighting model is like just a rough shape of it mm-hmm. so that the shadow it projects on the ground matches the actual detailed piece but the detail piece isn't actually interacting with the light and the ray tracing and everything. <laughs> and it's really cool from a tech perspective to watch her talk about this. And it's really shitty to watch people like retweet her and just be like, this isn't real game dev. And you're like, it's, this is like the core of game dev. This is how games get on your game. It's, like, it's how this happens. Like, oh what God. are you talking about? I, do people think that it's just dudes typing on computers, like smashing code? Like, I think a lot of people think like programming is game making and anything artistic isn't. Even that's, though, like, her making character models is programming, though. It really is programming. 100%. Like, you're programming and then people don't think of it like that. And the overall result is the character model. Like, I just... That is yeah, bad shit insane. You, and, like, 3D Max, like this, the, which is, like, the standard, or at least it was mm-hmm. the standard for 3D modeling, it has command yeah. line in it. So, oh, yeah, I, absolutely I, it does. <laughs> even Photoshop has command line. Um, yeah. I, oh, I just... That is bad shit, dude. I, I'm blown away by that. Yeah, I feel bad. She was getting a lot of junk lately from, like, the Souls community is what it was, because she was talking about how Elden Ring could have been paced better. So she started talking about, like, how you could have, like, one area in the very beginning be, like, a starter area where they teach you some basic mechanics. And then the second area is, like, a half ring with, like, more complex enemies. And, like, it's your hub with, like, crafting, vendors, yada, yada, yada. And then you have a big strip for part three, which is like where the game is open, like Breath of the Wild style or Elden Ring kind of is already with little pockets of higher difficulty. And then the harder part would be like over here, you have a hard section with a new hub with new characters that also do the same functionality as the easy zone. So you don't have to go to the easy zone if you're like a hardcore player. And then the hard stuff branches from the hard area and you have it all like organized so that players are encountering things as they should be encountering them with proper pacing and that way people don't just walk out and get murdered by, like, the tree sentinel and then be like, I don't know what to do, and then put the game down or, like, go somewhere else and get lost and they end up not being able to play. So she's like, it fixes a lot of pacing problems. And there was people, like, being like, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. They don't know anything about game design. And it was like, dude, she's been in the industry for 20 years doing all kinds of stuff. Like, And, and even as a character modeler, you don't just character model. Like, you talk to all the other departments. You, like, you cross-pollinate with everybody about what's happening in, 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 the, uh, in the projects. And and it was just wild to watch her spend the time to, like, hand-draw a bunch of drawings of how it should be or what would work better. Mm-hmm. Like, subjectively, like, her opinion of how they could improve a few things, like people missing the tutorial. Like, half the people who play Elden Ring didn't know this is a tutorial. I just watched on Twitter, Paul Cassie is like, I'm 40 hours into Elden Ring, and I'm still learning new stuff that I should have known already. And then someone's like, did you know you can sprint? And he's like, you can sprint? And it's like... If your game doesn't teach you that you can sprint in the first 40 hours and it's just a basic movement functionality, what is your game even doing? Like, right. <laughs> obviously, there's a disconnect, you know what I mean? Not like it's like There's obviously a major disconnect if people can play 40 hours of a game. Imagine playing 40 hours of Destiny without knowing you could sprint. Right. Like, oh, man. And then, and then of course, people were giving your shit and being like, oh, Elden Ring is 10 out of 10. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And it was like, you can't even have discourse and, like, talk about subjective improvements to a game system or whatever. Do you think it'll make it 10 of, do you think it'll make it the game of the year this year? 
I don't know. It, it's it's tough. It might get game of the year because of the hype, but uh, but like I said, a lot of people actually who did pick up and play it were meh, and they put it back down. I mean, most people it's, I know... It's almost like a fucking like, personality cult at this point. Yeah, but, um, but... And that's the thing, is I know that there's still... As far as games that came out this year that can also run up for the game of the year, we still have Xenoblade coming this summer, and to my understanding, Xenoblade usually gets shafted at the Game Awards, because they... I think Xenoblade 2 didn't get it against, like, no competition or something, is what I heard. Mm-hmm. I can't speak to the actual, like, what it ran against. But I remember a lot of people, when when 3 was announced to be coming out this summer, the split was, it's going to be Game of the Year, or it's going to get shafted for Elden Ring because it never gets Game of the Year because the last two Xenoblades didn't get it either for right. some reason. And it's hard to tell who's fan basing and, and whatnot, so I don't know. But... I know if I remember correctly, the last two Xenoblade games have both been spectacular from what I've heard. I've never touched them, so I have yeah, no idea. But I've yeah. heard nothing but good things about them. Couldn't recommend them more. If you like if you're looking for something to do on the Switch, man. Ooh. You yeah. Can save, you can save some time to those games. They're beautiful and they're like and that's what my baseline is for a lot of like other games where it's like, oh, that we can't te- we can't do this, we can't pull this off on the Switch because of technical limitation. And then it's like, okay, but Xenoblade does. Or like if you if like there's yeah, yeah, absolutely. no excuse for some stuff, and that's where it's like you can call you got to call bluffs when you can, or call like bullshit and bluffs when you can because it's like, um, just to sit there and yeah. say like, you can't, I can't, we couldn't pull this off because technical limitations. Like, great, but I've got a couple of other games over here that says otherwise that you could do it. You just chose not to. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um. I mean, honestly, so far, I mean, my game of the year probably so far is either Vampire Survivors or Tunic, but obviously those aren't going to win. Yeah, well, <laughs> so... I'm telling you, Tunic, dude, Tunic, I don't know. I will see. It'll win something. It will yeah, definitely it'll, it'll probably get like an indie category or something, right. for sure. Because it did, it did so much right, even despite my small gripes with a couple of little things. It and it's the kind of stuff that could get patched. I mean, obviously, the, the, the level design can't get patched, but like the UI stuff to like show me how many items I'm missing, for example, mm-hmm. easy tweak, right? Sure. Um, but I mean, we've also got stuff like, what else? This year, I think, is the, the Harry Potter game is supposed to be this year. And yeah, yeah. a lot of people seem excited about it. I would say that's it's another... probably got the same kind of hype going that Elden Ring had, where it's right. like there's a lot of people who are very excited that's about it. That's another personality cult game. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely it is. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the last we saw of God of War was this year, wasn't it? Like when we got the Ragnarok reveal, it said this yeah. year, and we haven't heard anything yet. So that might still be a contender for this year. But I'm if worried because sometimes out. games that come out, games that come out in December... They either don't get it considered because they're so close to the game awards, or they inexplicably win fan favorite of the year when they're only a week old. I mean, I guess it's a mixed bag. I mean, you remember Halo getting <laughs> yeah, its yeah, like? Yeah. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. Best, best fan favorite, and it was like nobody had like even played it yet. Right. <laughs> like, okay, cool. I think like, literally it was 24 hours old, and I'm like, um, okay. You have Horizon Forbidden West this year, which I heard a lot of good things about Horizon until Elden Ring came out, and then the Elden Ring community was all like, yeah, like. Horizon sucks because it's a Horizon, and it was like okay, but it was it was a fantastic game up until all the of a sudden now it's suck. Not. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like <laughs> joke about it back backseating it for Elden Ring, but sure. the game does not suck by any stretch right, of the right. imagination. Um, there's another one. This what else is coming out this year? There's one more game that I can't. It's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think of it. Oh, the stupid game that I personally would be surprised if it gets it, but um, Starfield because that's supposed to be this year, as far as we can tell, still as well, which. 
I would be willing to. I'm bet... a little bit more skeptical about that than you are, but. Well, what I, what I mean is not that it's. I don't. I can't speak to how the game's going to be in terms of content or quality. I just don't think it's coming out this year. Yeah. At all, I don't think it's possible that a game that has shown nothing is going to be ready. I mean, we're in April already. We have eight months left for the rest of the year. Seven months if you want to be in the Game Awards, probably. What, when well, is this game even slated to come out? Do we even have a month yet? Or is it just this year? There's a lot of speculation that this E3 season, because E3 is not a thing anymore, but this summer of game season, they're going to release like a something. But again, that's not confirmed. And if they don't, that game is in trouble. And that's Okay, I'm seeing November, but still... Yeah, November. So it's it's going to come out for Christmas. Um, <laughs> I don't. But we know nothing about it. Think it's going to happen, man. Um, yeah, I, I think that. I, I look at, at any other Microsoft property right now. It's showing all the telltale signs of a dumpster fire, just like anything else Microsoft right now. So yeah, we saw the same thing happen with Halo. Um, Forspoken is this year, but as much as I love Square Enix, games like Forspoken. Probably not going to be more than an eight out of ten. I agree. I, I, and it's, I don't know what it is. It. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, the footage looks great, and the the movement abilities that you seem to have in the game seems like it's going to be a super fun game to play. Mm-hmm. But it somehow, like, look at Outriders. Outriders was a great game, but there was just some things that were really weird about it. And I don't think Square Enix is ever capable of shaking those weird things. Sure. Every game they make ends up like falling in like the seven to nine range because there's always quirky stuff they can't seem to get their head around. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for Forspoken, and it's probably gonna be a great game, and I'm gonna enjoy it. But I almost guarantee we're gonna be talking about that game when it comes out, and there's gonna be weird quirks where it's like, why did they do this this way? I don't get it. And yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it'll be like it'll be the Outriders again, right? Where Outriders had a bunch of problems at launch, and then they made it like a pretty really good game. Yep. Like a year later, <laughs> it was like okay, great. Yeah, appreciate it. If anyone wants to try Outriders right now, you can sign up for Stadia, and I think it's the like one of the free games coming out next month. Yeah, um, I believe so. So you can try it out for. I think you get like a month of it. Um, I had a I had a code. I don't know where if it's even active anymore. Um, but yeah, go check it out. It's free to play, and you can. It's a way to get access to it without having to pay a dime on it. Yeah, I mean, there's like. There's Ghostwire Tokyo and there's Dying Light 2 Stay Human, but I didn't hear... I forgot hear... about Ghostwire too. I gotta go back I didn't hear that. about them being smash hits. I heard that they were, like, fine. Well, and it then... got, like... So that was, like, the thing about Ghostwire Tokyo, is it got, like, not great reviews, and then everyone just assumed it was a piece of shit. And then a couple of weeks later, I was like, oh, you know what? Ghostwire Tokyo is actually pretty good. So, actually really good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll get Game of the Year because of that, but um, well, well, I yeah. still think it's worth playing. As much as I hate to say it, a lot of Game of the Year seems to be like a popularity contest where like it doesn't matter which game was actually good. It just matters which game everyone wouldn't shut the fuck up about. Sure. And uh, that <laughs> bothers me a lot. Because like, dude, there's sometimes where it's like, this is Game of the Year. Like Red Dead won like right. Best Music one year or something. Red Dead, didn't Red Dead win Game of the Year? And it I'm beat sure. out like a half a dozen games that were just like, there's no way that it was better than all the, I forget. I just, I just remember there was some things where like, yeah, I think Red Dead, maybe it read one music. I don't know. I remember there was some really last game awards. There was some really like, how is this happening choices? Right. And um, and I think it was just, it's all a popularity thing because, of course, they, you know, they take a vote from everybody and people just, whatever yeah. popular is what gets it. I mean, and that's the thing, too. It's like uh, the, the people's choice vote only counts for like 10% of like the actual yeah, vote or something. Yeah, the panel is like 90% of it and the panel is like Activision dudes and like Ubisoft heads and like. Right. 
And like, like, okay, like cool, you know, like even like actor awards and like movie awards and stuff, like that's all bought. Like those awards are bought. Um, mm-hmm. You have agents, they go in, they lobby for the win, and they basically just suck those those committee's dicks. You can't tell me that this is going to be any different for the Game Awards. That's why I take these Game Awards, honestly, for a grain of salt in the first place. Um, yeah. Because I just don't trust the, the already existing industry that isn't upfront with, like, their process in the first place. Um, they're well, no that's, different. That's, and that's the thing, too, is, like, a lot of it comes down to, like... Um... You like I feel like most of the people watch the Game Awards not because well there's there's two main things about the Game Awards one I feel like most people only watch them because it's a place to find new trailers for games that are like world premieres and new announcements and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like we used to like a few years ago back when Smash first started they announced Joker at their first Game Awards, and then the DLC for Smash and then after that the next Game Awards was like literally everybody was like yeah uh, tonight's that Smash announcement wrapped around you know wrapped w- within like two hours of like shit we don't care about mm-hmm. like. It's a Smash announcement, maybe some new game announcements. Yeah, Nintendo had a Smash announcement and the Game Awards showed up. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Jeff Keighley is going to be there to be like, hey, other things are happening, I guess. And Mm -hmm. like, yeah, whatever. Um, But, but yeah, I think, like, right now, if, like, Google, you know, for example, if the Game Awards today announced that there was no new trailers, no world premieres, no none of that at the Game Awards this year, nobody would watch it. Mm -hmm. Like, literally nobody would watch it. Um... I mean, half the time people only even tune into like these other random offshoot things in the hopes that there's trailers. You know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, I think I think that's what drives the game awards. And I think my other gripe with things like the game awards is like, I watch people like Lena Rain talk about it sometimes, and they'll be like, you know, what's funny about the game awards is like, we pick like the best games that we like in terms of like, like the categories are weird. It's like okay, RPG game, driving game, uh, shooting game, fighting game, sports game. Best music, best indie, best Twitch streamer or something. Cool. And then game of the year. And she was like, you know what would be cool one year? If they were like best, like if they had like a music category that was like multiple, like best up, best like exciting music piece, best sad music piece, best this, that. And then you had games where it was like best story beat in terms of like this moment, like uh, heartbreaking, best uh uplifting best oh shit moment and then like in the Mm -hmm. gameplay side you had like best puzzle uh best combat encounter best this that like you you get a lot more dynamic results from that because you could get things like tunic getting into the best puzzle or best music for like ambient music you could get things like ghostwire could be set in like best cultural landscape of a game like that versus like journey to yomi versus like god of war ragnarok or something mm-hmm. it would allow you to have a lot more variety in the options and, and the winnings and it would let you appreciate and vote on what you appreciated more about your favorite games instead of just being like what game did everyone talk the most about this year okay this is your game of the year right. what game did everyone talk the most about this year that was a shooting game okay, that's your shooting game of the year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, nobody's voting on their favorite game of the year and being like, yeah, you know, uh, I voted for, you know, Outriders for my favorite game of the year for the shooting category because a lot of the combat was really well-paced and this and that. I like the abilities. It's like, no, dude, like, you played it, you liked it, you voted for it. That's the end of this discussion. It's a shooting game, so it goes up against Call of Duty, even though they're, like, nothing the same. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah, it's just it's wild. The whole the whole system feels like it could be redone entirely from the ground up in a lot better way. Oh, I totally agree. And I like appreciate the people behind the games too. Like who designed these puzzles? Who designed these encounters? Who did these level designs? Give these people awards. Don't give, you know, like obviously things like indie games are an exception, like Tunic, because the dude who made Tunic is the dude who get the award. But like if you think like a certain encounter in God of War Ragnarok was fantastic, 
find the dude who leads the production team who does the combat encounters and be like this production team who did this encounter and got award gets this award and have that those people get up there sure you know don't have like the head of ubisoft go up there and be like assassin's creed valheim whatever it is the stupid the last one they won this award so they get up on stage and the dude gets up on stage and he's like Love it, thank you. Couldn't have done it without the whole team. And it's like, no, dude, what? why did that win? It won because of, like, a really right. good puzzle? The best know. puzzle? That's Get a puzzle designer up there know. and have him be like, I did a puzzle. Like, You think that's yeah, how you fucking plays games? I don't. But you know what I mean? Like, it completely misses the point of, like, why yeah, we like games. Soulless. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's 100% soulless. You know, I, I follow a million game dev Twitter uh, accounts, and I can tell you most of these people are awesome people. And you could get any one of those people up on stage and award them for their level design or for their character design or anything like that. And they would love to be up there on the stage doing that, but they don't because they're not the head of a studio or the project head of the whole project. And so they'll never make it on stage to get like an award until they become like the, like the CEO or the CFO or some garbage. Right. Like Lena, like Lena Rain does music for all kinds of games, like, like uh, chicory and and all that and i think she's gone up there once because she did they won like i think like celeste got best music or something mm. the year that it came out or it won indie game of the year or something and she got to go up on stage with like the four or five people who made celeste but you know as soon as celeste turns into a 500 person company which obviously they're not going to specifically but you get what i'm saying once right. you have a team like ubisoft with two three hundred people or destiny with bungie with all the people on the bungie team they're not going to be like you know shooter rpg game of the year destiny and they're going to bring up like the whole team they're going to be like no you know who's going to go up there it's going to be like either someone from the community like like Deej or dmg or whoever or it's going to be like some ceo dude who runs bungie that guy that they have in the vid docs or whatever right you know they're not going to be like oh you know why did we win it was because witch queen's levels are really well designed like get the witch queen level designer team up here and have three or four of them talk like no that doesn't happen sure and it's shitty I totally agree. Yeah. So I didn't mean to like go off about no, that. That's it's cool, just man. Like, it's like the people who do the most work on the projects kind of get Always the least do. acknowledgement of it. Oh, I, t- I totally agree. Totally agree. All right. Well, let's move so. on to, uh, we got some upcoming game releases this week. Um, a little bit more plentiful than the last uh, couple. Uh, we have Zombie Army 4 Dead War coming to the Switch. Uh, the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe that is coming to the PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC April 27th. Um, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt PS5 and PC April 27th. Bug Snacks the Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and Switch 28th April 28th. Uh, Dwarf Romantic that is coming to PC the April 28th. And I think that's already on Steam, but it must be in like that uh, green light. Or something, but it's um, I I've seen it. it looks like like a little casual like little city builder kind of situation. I've actually debated on getting it, but um, also we have Rogue Legacy two coming out for all you Rogue fans out there. That is uh, definitely one to grab. That is coming to Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and PC. We have Rogue Lords coming to PlayStation Four, Xbox One and the Switch. Sherlock Holmes Chapter One, PlayStation Four. Unsold, uh, that is S O U L E D, not unsold like unsold the car. The game um, didn't sell, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, Switch PC. Do you think they sat down and discussed that? Because that's not a great, <laughs> that's not a, a weird, great, yeah. great idea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, the big one this month is Nintendo Switch Sports, the sequel to Wii Sports, coming to the Switch April 29th. Right. 
two, two things real quick. Yeah. One, Unsold reminds me of the same kind of thing that happened when they made the 13 Final Fantasy game, the, and then they made the sequel, and then the sequel. Mm-hmm. And the, the sequel to the sequel was called Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13. Like, they wrote the meme themselves, dude. It did not right. take people less than a day to, like, make a meme of Lightning going to GameStop and trading back Final Fantasy 13 because it was, like, a bad game. <laughs> and it, it wasn't even picking on the new game that hadn't come out yet. It was literally just the name, Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13, made it seem like even she didn't like her own game. And holy shit, dude, oh, it, it took man. no time to make. Um, oh, the other thing. I'm going to send you a link to a tweet you can pull up if you want to. I don't know if you saw this. You mentioned Stanley Parable is getting its, like, a... Uh, Complete edition or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you want to look at that tweet I sent you, the, the the there's a there's a thing called Crows Crows Crows. I believe they're like a uh, publishing studio, if I'm not mistaken. Uh huh. And they were handling the um, Stanley Parable like complete edition, whatever the ultra deluxe edition. Yeah, that's it. And they were accidentally given admin access to not only the, the the port they were doing of the Ultra version, but also the base game. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, the dude added Guy Fiery to the background image of the base game. And then every now and then he would increase the opacity of Guy Fieri, so he was showing up more and more in the background picture, until eventually he showed up enough that someone like caught it and they found out, and then they made him change it back. <laughs> Oh my God! Let me see if I can. So if you look at like, there's pictures of, from the Steam store where like you can see like a very faded out guy Fieri, and then the next one has like him showing up more, and the dude's like, yeah, it's back to normal now. But like, if you look on the way back, you can still see like all the changes I made. Oh my God, that's incredible. Like, like because they accidentally they accidentally gave him access to the base game, and he was like, why not? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I just got a kick out of that. You can't make that shit up. That's so funny. Yeah, if you're listening to the audio version of this, you are absolutely <laughs> missing out. Yeah, go watch the VOD on on Twitch or watch this on YouTube because holy shit, that's incredible. I love it. Yeah, it was just the Stanley Parable. I wonder how many people looked at this game and saw that and they were like, why is Guy Fieri in the Stanley Parable? Is he in the game? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Isn't man, the st- Stanley Parable the one that had that achievement where it's like, don't play the game for 10 years? Oh, maybe I, I remember hearing about that. Actually. I remember like it started. I, I remember a couple of years ago, like it like started to finally pop for um some people. For people, and, yeah, for people who hadn't been playing for like ever. Right. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. Oh look my forward god. To that and Guy Fieri, uh, coming to uh <laughs> Stanley Parable this week. <laughs> the Flavor Town Parable. <laughs> yes. All right, um, let's get sad hours for this week in gaming history. It's time to feel old. Um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, five years ago on the Switch. We have Mario Kart Wii, 14 years ago, obviously on the Wii. Um, The original Super Smash Brothers, 23 years ago. Mm. Um, Panzer Dragoon Saga, another cult classic on the Sega Saturn, 24 years ago. Um, the Game Gear itself, the console, um, 31 years ago. And the original uh, series of the Game & Watch, uh, Nintendo came out with before, obviously, the Nintendo, um, 42 years ago. <laughs> so, uh, I love this segment because it makes me feel so goddamn old. Uh, I'm you know so... what's weird for this segment? What's now that? that I think about it? Like... 
it's funny for me and you to sit here, uh, you know, because I'm 34 or whatever. Uh huh. And uh, and you've got me by a little bit, I believe. So like, it's funny we can sit here and be like, pretty much all of gaming history we can like account for almost directly to an yeah. extent. Like, I was born in '89, so like, obviously games existed when I was born, but like, they weren't really a commodity that everybody kind of accepted as a cultural norm yet. Oh, yeah. and they probably weren't until like I was like in middle school, high school, and even then it was like sometimes you get picked on for playing games, but now yeah. it's like it's the thing, right? Like it's it's a it's, normal thing. Everybody everyone has, has game time. You have yeah, man yeah. caves, like. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about that the other day. Like, I was one of the, the lucky kids that had a game system that wasn't a norm right. back then. Um, yeah. Now there's people that have multiple game systems in the house. Of course, I'm a, a bit of an outlier with just five switches of my own. But sure, <laughs> it's it's some you know that's not abnormal now for people to have one, two, three consoles in their house. Yeah, but like even in, like in my house, I've got two switches. Which, I mean, long story short, we bought a switch and then. Alicia won a switch from a raffle at work. Oh and wow! We just kept it. That's great. So that new one became mine, and then nice. the old one became the kids. Um, so, we, but yeah, we've got two switches: a PS4 and a computer. I mean, I've got a 3DS kicking around. I think it's a red 2DS, mm-hmm. like no, uh, the one that doesn't fold or whatever, the old one. Um, but yeah, I think like most houses are like mine. They've got two or three game playing devices of some kind. Yeah, and, absolutely. And it, it's it's just bizarre to think that like. You know, the new generation, like, my kids are, like, 11 and 7, and they're growing up in a time where, like, games have been around for, like, decades. It's just the thing now. Sure. You know? And we're like, no, dude, you don't understand. Like, you had to go to, like, you had to go to special buildings where they had a collection of games, and they all cost a quarter to play over and over and over. Like, you don't get it, dude. You could just sit down and pop open the Switch and be like, I'm going to jump on the arcade and go find a game for five bucks, or, like, I'm going to just download this gameplay for free. It's like, that's unheard of when we were a kid, dude. Yeah. It's for insane. $20, you could hop on Amazon right now and buy, like, the Atari, the Atari collection for the Switch. Right. And it's, like, every good Atari game, quote, you know, obviously they don't age too well, but everything's sure. there. And it's, like, that that would cost a fortune back in the day. Um, like, dude, this, this year... Back in the day. Like this this year, I'm gonna be revisiting like the Turtles arcade game probably with you and our mm-hmm. mods. Oh yeah, that whenever it comes out. Oh yeah. And like, it's wild to think that back in the day, you had to like go to your you had to like walk down to your local arcade with strangers everywhere, go into a building, find the machine in the corner, and like put a quarter on it and get in line behind the four other kids who were ready to play and be like, my turn after that kid. Like <laughs> that was how. Now you just load it up on your Switch and play with your buddy from your house or whatever. Like it's oh, insane. Yeah. You had to like coordinate with your friends, like we're all going to the arcade at two o'clock, bring money for pizza, like <laughs> Right. And have quarters and shit. Like you run out of quarters and like and then like sometimes like, you'd have that one kid that run out of quarters and he would just be like, I can't play anymore. And you're like, oh man, that sucks. Like everyone, maybe everyone gives him a quarter so he has some like like man, it was a whole different ball game back then. It's insane. Yep. To think about how much the culture shifted and how normalized gaming has become now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you anyone with a cell phone can be a fucking gamer whenever they want. And Oh yeah, dude. It doesn't take much for them to play classic Game Boy Advance games, Nintendo games, and all that shit on mm-hmm. on a cell phone. You, you can make it happen. I mean, um, like my son was playing Tunic the other day, and he's like playing Tunic and doing stuff, and he's like, "Man, like, how do I figure this puzzle out?" And I looked at him, and he looked at me, and he's like, "You want to help me with this puzzle?" And I was like, "One, when I was your age, I didn't have anyone to help me because my dad didn't care about video games, mm-hmm. and I couldn't go online, I couldn't Google stuff, I couldn't. There was we didn't even have like the capability. If I couldn't figure out a game, a thing in a game." Either I like came back to it later and I never figured it out, or I figured it out eventually, or like it was a rented game and I just got I gave it to Blockbuster as like the one that got away because I never beat it or something. Right. Like, like 
I did not have the ability to just be like, I can't figure this out, and like pick up my magic box device and be like, okay, that's how that puzzle works, and then just like do whatever it was like. It's unheard of. Like even my kid having a dad who plays video games to me sounds wild as a kid because my dad did not have any interest in anything that I did. Oh sure. So it's it's insane to think about like what it would be like to grow up with like a father who would come home from work and look at me and be like, I also video game or something. It's like it's unheard of. Oh yeah, and I I had um at least a mom who was pretty against games in general. But there here's a great image of this is a, a perfect um representation of the time this is like kids watching their mom try to beat a level for them i absolutely <laughs> yeah. love it but yeah everyone's like engrossed in what she's doing and shit and she can tell she's like trying her fucking best too like she's got it she's got the eye for it so she might have been like one of the cool moms back in the day that played that played games it's probably like tetris or something i was everyone just gonna was say i'm tetris almost positive that's tetris yeah the little bit of purple yep yep i'm gonna look it up i almost feel like that has to be a tetris card let me see if I can zoom in on it. it might, it's either that or Mario Brothers. I'm pretty confident. It's like blue with a little bit of purple. I that's, think it's yeah, Super Mario Tetris. World. You think so? Oh, you think so? I think it's I Super Mario tell. World. We'll have to t- hmm. we'll, let's compare and contrast off stream. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. Yeah, it very well could be that too. Yeah, because that one also has like that colors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to sleuth that after stream. <laughs> all right well let's wrap up the show for tonight um social media stuff uh i am game dude retro on twitter and instagram find me on twitter i post a lot there i don't post a whole lot on instagram and tiktok which of course i'm always trying to get into but never seem to have fine t- find time for it and of course retro whew, retro game dude on uh twitch as well and then um Schedule-wise, obviously, tonight was the podcast on Sundays. We're going to be doing LEGO Star Wars Tuesday and Wednesday, and I'm looking forward to it. And Jackbox, of course, on Saturdays. Come by, swing by, play with us, have a good time, join the Discord, and um, come enjoy watching movies. Discord's been popping. Discord's been popping lately. So I'm loving to see that. Um, Loving to see it. Yeah, so I'm really happy with everything that's going on so far, and I do appreciate everyone for participating, happening, and you know, coming out and playing, it all means a lot. So I, I take credit for the 30 post thread of in, in the music channel where we went off on a tangent about like the hex girls and like yeah, all that no, garbage. I love it. Did you, did you catch up on all that? It was kind of a trip. It was a lot because I never saw the movie. So I was just like, all right. Well. Oh, so long story short, the, the Scooby-Doo movies when we were like, I don't know when it would have been even, there was a couple Scooby-Doo movies that were like really well produced because they were supposed to be movie theater films. Mm-hmm. Um, Scooby-Doo Zombie Island, Scooby-Doo Witch's Ghost. And they were going to make theater films out of them, but at the time, the, like, straight-to-DVD market, or, I mean, uh, straight-to-VHS market was, like, killing it. So they they only made straight-to-VHS versions of it because it was cheap to produce, and it was doing really well, because Disney was doing all their sequels, and those Mm -hmm. were selling. And so they went straight-to-VHS. They, like, they hired a band, I think it was called SkyCloud, to make, like, rock songs for Scooby-Doo. It's really cool. And then, um... The movie did really well, and then they made a follow-up movie that was unrelated, but, like, the next one they made, and it had a a group of, like, three witches named the Hex Girls, and they were, like, rock girls, and they played guitar and drums, and they sang and everything, and, like, for my generation, it was, like, a cultural awakening. Everybody on both sides of the aisle was attracted to these women, and they grew up as, like, oh, my God, this is, like, the perfect thing or whatever, and to this day, last year, they got pop figures 
20 years later. Wow. And now That's this funny. year they were talking about making a show. The Scooby-Doo people, Warner Brothers, whoever, was talking about making a show just about them because they keep putting, they keep making new Scooby-Doo shows. And every time they do, partway into that show, they put the Hex Girls back in it because everybody's like, oh, the Hex Girls are back. And they go watch it again because they sing the songs and they're in the show and everything. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, let's just make Hex Girls, I guess. And so yeah, it's like a more modernized take on like uh, Josie and the Pussycats, you know? That's exactly what the Hex Girls was inspired by was Josie oh. and the Pussycats. But... Sure. Earth, Wind, and Fire style, Wiccan, Magic, Witches, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, like, we, and we were all in the Discord talking about how it was, like, like you know, you talk to any person nowadays, and you're like, oh, you know, like, like you do the running jokes on, like, uh, Saturday nights about, like, uh, goth girlfriend or whatever. And it yeah, was, yeah. like, it all goes back to, like, the Hex Girls, like, inspiring everybody in America to be, like, at 10 years old to look at these girls and be like, oh, my God, I love them. Right. And now 20 years later, everybody wants like a goth girl because of the Hex Girls from 1990 from a Scooby-Doo movie or whatever. Yeah, I um, completely missed it, but still got in the same place. But still got into like this, <laughs> in the same loop or whatever. Um, but no, so the main singer, Jennifer Hale, she's been in like everything, dude. Mm-hmm. She so, so back in the 90s, she was the lead singer of the Hex Girls in a Scooby-Doo movie and everybody knew her name, knew her, well, knew who she was, at least in the movie. In the last 20 years, even up until last year, she was in Halo Infinite. She was Sarah Palmer, the Spartan, in Halo 4, 5, and Infinite. She was in God of War. She was in Mass Effect as the female Shepard. She was in Metroid Prime as Samus Aran. She's in a bajillion Cartoon Network cartoons, running from, like, Dexter's Lab to, like, Johnny Bravo to, like, all that shit back then, Powerpuff Girls. Um, She's in a bunch of video games. She's in uh, Dragon Age. She's in, like... I don't, she's like, if you go look up her Wikipedia, she's in everything. She's been in like everything for the last 20 years. She was like Starfire. She was in a bunch of Marvel comics and DC comics. She was Zatanna. Like, it was, it's like, bonkers, Nolan dude. She North, was like dude. everything. Like the female Nolan North. Dude's in the. Yeah, fucking... that's exactly what I said. I was like, dude, she's in everything. <laughs> like, that's wild. And then, yeah, so, so we just had a whole trip where like I was posting like, she's in this, she's in this, she's in this. Like, holy shit, she's in this. And um, we ran down a whole rabbit hole. It was a rabbit hole. That's what it was. <laughs> of, nice. Like, Love. finding out what she was in. But it, it just, it was like, I started hitting, like, she was in God of War, she was in Dragon Age, she's Samus Aran, and I was doing, like, a what the fuck is happening? Like, yeah, she runs the gambit on, like, voice acting, apparently. <laughs> it's pretty wild. <laughs> it's wild. But yeah, it's a fun trip. You look, look her up if you have a good time. Great, great. Or just oh, scroll through fun. the Discord conversation, because <laughs> yeah. we probably mentioned everything that she did. I'll throw yeah, a little bit of wild. Discord to the chat. Anyone who wants to join, feel free to top in there. Uh, it's a good time, and we always like to see new people in there participating and everything, too. So um, we're going to wrap it up for now, but I do appreciate um, all the fans watching and tuning in this week, and we'll be back again next week with more content, um, next week being this Tuesday. So thanks again for everyone for tuning in, and we will see you next time. 